did you finally find the episodes of Ink Master? Have you watched the finale? Uh, no. So Paramount Plus in Canada are an entire bag of dicks. And they released episode nine, which is part one of the finale this yeah. week, what? which aired last week. And then they aired it the day the day that the actual finale aired. And then I tweeted them to ask them if they actually planned on airing their own fucking show on time because it's not they can't even say that it's not like that it's a licensing thing that it's cbs or whatever like it's a fucking paramount plus show yeah didn't hear back from them uh i then saw a promoted post on facebook about how ink master is available in canada on paramount plus and then all of the responses are like maybe put the entire finale on and then I opened Instagram and DJs was the first post that I saw. And I was like, cool. Thanks, Paramount Plus, for your original content. I can't wait to continue to be a subscriber. Right. Yeah. Dang, fuck. man. That sucks. You had to find out that way, but it's like it, it it's was, worth the it's watch. It's worth the watch because the the art that comes out of that episode is incredible. Don't worry. Next week I'll get the finale. After it's already been over every piece of social media possible. I know. And available everywhere else. So that's shitty. Who's the last person that you saw go out? Um, Angel. So I got like, I know who the final four are. I can't believe Anthony Michaels went out. It was, it was a bad. I got emotional when Anthony Michaels went out. So because he didn't go out on a bad tattoo. No, No. it wasn't a bad tattoo. And that's the thing. And it wasn't a bad experience for the, for the uh, um the canvas either and i mean like if you look at the final four the final four make sense yeah completely despite the fact that it makes absolute sense that dj won sight unseen oh yeah because paramount plus didn't give me the episode um i can just as easily see a case for jason gian or bob winning especially bob like i went into waiting a week for the episode that aired the night that I got the previous week's episode, assuming that Bob could just as easily take it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, going into the final four, I wouldn't have been upset with anyone who anyone in it winning because they all oh, yeah. do phenomenal. Even, work. Go, even going into like <clears throat> even the, the final like six, like any of oh, yeah. those six, I would have been yeah. fine going to final four. Like, it sucked yeah. seeing Angel go. It sucked seeing Anthony go. It was just it that it was a tough season to watch because they were all such great artists. And yeah. like I was I wanted to root for all of them because I've liked all of them on different seasons for different reasons. And so it was like it was a good season. I I liked it. I'm glad you talked us into watching it cuz we did we didn't even honestly think know that it was on. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Corey, what's going on? Sorry. Sorry for waiting. making Wait there. Uh, We're talking about Ink Masters. Have you seen it at all? No, I pieced together the conversation, though. That's why I was quiet. Yeah, (laughs) observant. I got you. Um, First of all, I'm surprised you'd wear that shirt with the position you guys are in the NFC South. So, wow, dude, we won last week. I might not be able to wear it next week. So, wear (laughs) Wear it while you can. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. My team could be 0 and 17. I'll fucking still wear that shirt. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. But here's my thing is I really think it would have been a lot better to get Anthony in there over what's his name? Uh, 
crazy or crazy Jason. Creepy Jason. Creepy I'm going to disagree with you. Who would you rather have him in the fi- final four with? Over. I would replace Gian with Anthony. Gian can do one thing super well. And every time that he gets a different challenge, he tries to pull it back to that one thing. Was his, yeah. was his finale tattoo, the chest tattoo against Ryan Ashley, was that neo-traditional? Yeah. I thought that was more watercolor. I don't I don't remember what his final was. I rem- The only thing I remember from their final was him having a huge power outage. Yeah, because he was trying to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. And Puerto Rico. I don't remember. I don't remember what his actual final piece looked like. Like, I'm not discrediting him as an artist. He's a fantastic artist. Everybody who's there deserved to be there. But he manipulated every challenge to pull it back to his comfort zone. Yeah. Whereas Jason just took whatever was given to him and was just like, cool, this is what I'm going to do. I I have a different view because of I've seen the final, I think. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I I don't disagree with you either. I think you're right. A hundred percent. I just I really would have loved to see that rubber match of DJ versus Anthony. Oh, yeah. It would have been so nice. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it will. But yeah, no, it's it's it sucked seeing Anthony go. That was and it broke my heart because his heart was broke. And it was just like, oh, my God, dude, bro, you can't cry. What is this? Especially when they get their what they get their canvas. And I won't go into too much detail. I won't talk about the tattoos, but what it is, is it's a back. It's a back piece. Well, you've seen episode nine, right? I've already seen DJs. Uh, No, well, I've seen I've seen episode nine, but it stops after Angel goes out. Okay, so yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a back piece. Um, and I would have loved to seen what Anthony could have created in that time span. It was was twenty four hours, yeah. And it was open, you could do whatever you wanted. And so with that being said, like what he could have created instead of having to do like a Japanese piece like he did in his first finale. Yeah. Leaving it more open to like kind of what he did on that arm piece where it was the black and white girl with that colored sunset, you know, doing something like that for a chess piece. I think he would have been very competitive in that final. Yeah, Um, I do agree with you there. And yeah, so that's that's that. I don't disagree. Anthony Michaels is one of my like he's one of my favorite to have come through the show. Oh yeah. And I th- I think that Ink Master will do well in going forward if for the first season or two uh they air all the episodes on time but also if they bring back returning players. Yeah. For the first couple before they start bringing in entirely new seasons because they need their audience to find them again. Right. I know that Paramount bought out Spike but People don't necessarily know that Ink Master is on Paramount Plus. Yeah, no, we we didn't know for a long time yeah. that yeah. that their seasons were even on there, and then we finally found them. But they only at that when we found it, they only had like certain seasons on there. Yeah, and then we we didn't even know they were making a new season until you brought it up, and you were like, "Yeah, like I need somebody to talk about Ink Master with." So you guys need to get on this shit. And I was like, "They made a new season? Like what?" Yeah, the irony being. That I got you guys to watch it, and then I didn't even get the episodes in order, and you did. I know. And they're increasing the prices for membership to their service because of their increased catalog. Um, As much as I appreciate 12 seasons of NCIS and 12 different variations of (laughs) NCIS, 
and CSI um, and old sitcoms, I would rather have their new stuff that's actually a Paramount Plus original, quote unquote, air on time. Okay. Ahsoka, go lay down. Go lay down on the, the couch. Sorry. There was like all kinds of banging going on. There was ruckus. Nonstop ruckus. <laughs> Apparently the <laughs> dog is... Did you describe the ruckus? go lay down dumb dog god there's just been a lot of good tv recently and it has been actually like house of dragon was really good i'm hyped it got me back into like the game of thrones mode yeah um absolutely like back into that fandom uh ink master was really really good and i enjoyed the finale I haven't caught up on the two episodes I've missed of Survivor, but I did watch this episode, so I do have kind of like an abridged idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it was it, it was super interesting to I, see what to happened. Survivor, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it too. This sorry. show was wild. And then you know, obviously, uh, Challenge 38 has been pretty good. I've been enjoying it. It's uh, it's I think a very strong comeback for the flagship after maybe a few years of a of a theme that none of us really truly enjoyed with the nonstop explosions and handlers and spies that aren't spies but yeah. they're allies <laughs> I, but I, they lie. I kind of I kind of <laughs> feel like the fandom is like split on this though because I feel like for every post or comment or anything like that that I see on social media that's like. Oh, I love, I'm loving this season, yada, yada, yada. I equally see the same amount of posts and people saying like that they absolutely hate this season and it's boring and they don't even want to watch anymore. And I just, I don't know why. Like, I'm like, okay, so what are you, what are you missing? I, I don't, I genuinely don't know because I'm thoroughly enjoying the season. So I'm like, what is it that you're missing? I don't get it. People just, people just don't want to grow, especially now with all stars. They see all stars and it reminds them of the show they used to watch they're like i think yeah. it hurts even more with the newer seasons because it's like oh i want this more and more but that's just not how it works those people get old we all get yep. old you got to get new people yeah I, I mean here's my thing though is like one this season has kind of given us a little bit of everything we've seen from the last three previous seasons and i mean that have aired which is mm-hmm. cbs all stars three and Spies, Lies, and maybe All-Stars, too. It's given us a little bit of everything. We've gotten drama. We've gotten hookups in the house. And we've gotten good competitiveness. And the hookup part made me think of what Malik said, is when you don't get that in the CBS house, it doesn't create those weird cross-relationships in the house that right. goes across allies or you know, groups. With hookups yeah. and sharing, sharing rooms and stuff, exactly. stuff like that. So we definitely got the, those vibes back with 38. And I'm very yeah. happy for that. And the rookies are, from what I've seen, like, I don't have any complaints. I like Johnny and Raven. I have really liked Nam. I didn't like his partner. I liked Johnny and Raven. Did I already say that? I don't know. That's what you started with. Yeah. yeah, probably. <laughs> I like the Targaryens. They're solid. I, I like I'm liking them more and more as the season goes on. Like You mean as they get screen time? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's I understand why they're not. I mean, they just had ten episodes an hour each, like for a while. So they're coming off the HBO run into the MTV. They want to give the other cast some time. <laughs> 
But first of all, can I just ask a question? <laughs> With them being German, does it make it even more believable that they're Targaryens? <laughs> it kind of does for me. It I'm going to be does. honest. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. <laughs> yeah. Like Targaryen even seems like it could have been like it has a German root. I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> I'm not good with language. I'm just talking shit. But Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> But anyways, the overall arching point of this is I like the rookies. I think it's a good season. We've got a little bit of everything. And uh, I'm excited to see what's going on. I'm excited to break down this last episode, which has got the most put together name. But I'm here for it because it's from a rookie. Oh, my God. The the title of this episode. <laughs> it's so living it on me. the edge. Is that what it was? Yeah. 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 Oh, it, living. There's your the there's your bit from Challenge USA. They tried to tie in uh, somebody's name and then they were like this kind of sounds like live. How are we going to make this work? Yeah. yeah. And then they I mean, didn't, but they went with it anyway. I I kind of wish it was more of a Bon Jovi reference than an Aerosmith reference, but whatever. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's bar- it, it's like a USA reference either way. Yeah. Yeah. So, true. Very true. true. Yeah. I was scrolling fucking the the podcast Instagram the other day and I got to the part where we made the video about you talking about the great maple syrup heist. Oh and my it made gosh. me laugh so much, dude. Yes. I was fucking rolling on that one. <laughs> that was such a good day. <laughs> it was a phenomenal story. If you guys haven't heard that, go scroll the Instagram and look for a bottle of maple syrup. You Do can't it. miss it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that was that was great. It is, and after you get done listening, to that go to the Wikipedia about it because it's even better. It is. It I is. did. I did go and read the Wikipedia. It was yeah. great. And <laughs> if you if you are in Canada and you have an Audible account, there's a series called True North Crime, and there's actually an, actually an entire episode devoted to it. Seriously? Oh my gosh, yep. that's incredible. It. Oh, we finally got the keychains in. So Ooh, we're going to mail them nice. out and, and we'll mail them to you guys too. Cause yeah. we got a couple extras. So beauty. They're, they're pretty uh, cool. They're like the clear plastic kind of Karina calls them 3d, but it's just cause the plastic is, you know, not flat, but whatever. You mean it's, it's raised. It's, it's just enough. It, no. Well, I mean, everything in our world is 3d. Show me one thing that's 2d gum. It's both 2d and fruity. <laughs> i love it dude moving on you, you just saved karina's life right there i got your back hive mind what wait huh huh <laughs> no actually real quick before we get into uh the recap i just wanted to do a little shout out to oh, yeah. one of oh my god i freaking love this girl so much so her name is Jordan, and she is in our Facebook groups. Uh, she's also a really big supporter of the podcast and all of that. Anyway, she actually reached out to me about a week ago and had sent me an image that she created of a layout on like a coffee mug. And it has like CT on one side of the coffee mug, TJ on the other side of the coffee mug. And then through the middle of it, it says the challenge. What? It was supposed to be delivered. It could be outside right now. It might be outside. All right, right you can talk about okay, it. Okay. Yeah, you go check for me, please. Thank you so much. Anyway, <laughs> she had sent she had sent me a message uh, with like the layout to the cup, and she was like, "Hey, you know, I was." She's like, "This might be a little odd or whatever," and she was like, "But 
I was wondering if I could get your address. I'd like to send this to you, et cetera. And if you guys listen to the podcast, you know, like I love coffee mugs. I collect coffee mugs. I have a huge shelf of them. And so, of course, and it's like CT and TJ's. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, here's my address. Like, say less. Anyway, from that, Rick actually ended up contacting Jordan and he ordered some more cups from her and he got me like a Michigan cup. He got me a Falcons cup and then he got he ordered some like what are what are they like koozies or cozies? I don't know how you say it, but like the little koozie koozie. Yeah, the little thing you put like your drink or your beer in or whatever, you know, and you hold it. And uh, she sent us like four of those. She sent a special one for Rick that he didn't even order. And then sent like three challenge ones of like banana backpack and like different stuff like that. And so anyway, I just wanted to shout Jordan out because that was so incredibly sweet what she did. And the fact that she included extra things to our order, she reached out and she also actually reached out and told me that she wants to start doing giveaways in the in the Trash Talk Facebook group. So we are not exactly sure what is going to be like the requirements or how we're going to do that quite yet. But just keep an eye out if you're in our groups or on Facebook, keep an eye out in our groups for information on that because we'll make like a big post about what we're going to do and how we're going to decide the winners. But she says she's feeling, uh, you know, giving and festive and Christmassy and she wants to do some giveaways. But aside from that, she does have a business where she takes orders, uh, custom orders on literally anything you could possibly think of, cups and you know, thermoses and shirts and just literally everything. So I'm going to link down in the uh, description down below. I'm going to put all of her links. So make sure you guys go check her out. If you want to get something custom made, she makes everything sports related stuff, movie related stuff, challenge related stuff, whatever. Super cool. Go check her out, get something made and, uh, you know, let her know that we sent you by. I take it. It's not out there. It must have got held up by customs. Like I got held up by our <laughs> our, our roommate in the garage, Mary Jane. Oh Jesus! Actually, I should. Did you done. even go look out front? I did. I even checked the front door because I'm I'm that thorough. I'm just gonna make sure I close the garage. <laughs> oh, did you go out to the? Oh, you checked the mailbox. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, while we're waiting for Rick, how uh how was your week, Corey? How you doing? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Just working. Hanging out. Yeah. Being a daddy. Exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> just keeps going. Never stops, dude. I swear. I, I wish I had just like a quarter of these kids energy. Just just one of the kids. Just a quarter of one of the kids energy. would be great. <laughs> just tell them they lose it eventually. So might as well just calm down now. <laughs> I wouldn't mind having the puppies energy level because oh my God. Yeah, the dog. she like really hyped for about two hours and then she crashes for four <laughs> and then she's really hyped for two hours and then crashes for four i'm like fuck that looks glorious right. let me have that life oh my yeah God. well that's what i never understood why people say like sleeping like a baby because babies kind of wake up easily but a dog like they'll be sleeping someone at the door they get all fired up and they'll just go right back to sleep yes i want to i want to sleep like an old dog not even like yeah. a puppy a new one learning about noises and not I want to be I want to sleep like that old dog that knows the house, knows all the noises the family makes and is literally disturbed by nothing. That's that's how I want to sleep. Me and Tony already have mind. I know what he's going to think. What, a cat? Yep. Fucking 18 <laughs> hours a day. Yep. Can literally eat some food and just lay down anywhere. <laughs> passed out. Shoebox. Find a sunbeam. 
Yeah. Charge your batteries. You got a Kleenex box? That means it's a bed. I don't want to be. They're a leaf. Fun for hours. Is that a is that a ball of, of paper? Thank you very much. Jenga's favorite. Are you what's going on with you tonight? You're falling apart, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> oh lip microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Rick's microphone is limp. <laughs> Hold on, guys. <laughs> There's a pill for this. Perhaps it's because it's not plugged in. <laughs> no, it was it was starting to get untwisted from the top. Mic check, mic check. One, two, one, two. Okay, we're good. Are you good now? Yeah, we're good. Are you ready to roll? Everybody in the three, one, three. <laughs> <clears throat> if we have anybody in the three, one, three, shout out to y'all. Say, if you don't get that reference, then just... I don't know, man. Probably too young for this podcast. <laughs> Have we been saying uh, Horatio's name wrong? Yes, it is Horatio. 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 Okay. Yeah, because in Spanish, the H is silent. Is I'm just going to remember. So. It's like the title, O Living on a Prayer. Horatio. Horatio. Yep. Can I pronounce it like a hard O? Like, or is that what it is? Horatio. Is that a hard O or is that a Horatio? If you just say it like that, it's fine. Let's just take the H. Okay. Just no H. That's right, because the H's are silent in sp- in Spanish. Is that correct? That's I literally just, just said ignore that. your wife completely for five seconds. Literally. All the time, all the time, dude. Literally. This, this is nothing new. And twenty then, seconds ago, and then I argue with her when she tells me I don't listen. Loud as shit. I love how you said took it like it was his idea too. He's like, oh yeah, not <laughs> always. Guys. Always. Where do you think all my good ideas come from originally? Jeez, man. Oh, sorry God. guys this fucking guy yeah well you chose me Fuck i did it. i would again I'm start the damn show oh can we pretend <laughs> it was my idea though <laughs> before we get fully started here's another thing for everyone to check out on netflix it's um it's a mixology um competition Oh, nice. Really? That's actually yes. pretty cool. There's like 10 episodes and it's people from like all across um, like North America. There's mm-hmm. there are two from Canada. One of the judges is from Toronto, um, but it's really interesting. Nice. Like episode eight or nine. We're like almost I think we're we just I think they just got into the finale. Yeah. Of who is going to be the like the final three. But we haven't watched the actual last episode yet. I got you in this on ne- Netflix, you said. Yeah, so like they have a challenge where you have to make a certain type of drink and then it's not so much that people get sent to the bottom, it's that people get picked out for like having the best drinks and then everybody else has to go into an elimination gotcha. um, round. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. They're kind of like the little baking shows that we watch, babe, but exactly mixing drinks. It's a great British mix-off. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I would like to see Gordon Ramsay on that get shit faced and then talk shit. <laughs> they did do some ones where they actually like showed them how to make their signature drink. And I said to Sarah, I was like, it's exactly like Gordon Ramsay, who invariably will make a Wellington at some point during a season of MasterChef. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, 100%. It, it, it's like, uh, what was it? Hell's Kitchen. That's all they made every night. Beef Wellington. Go. <laughs> I know you made 15 of these last night. Make 15 more. <laughs> you fucking idiots. Are you an idiot sandwich? 
<laughs> dude, what he did to Julie Chen was so cold as ice, dude. I can't believe he did that. What did he do? The idiot sandwich that was to oh, Julie Chen. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, there you go. That's a little FYI. Great. Anyways, uh, I I want to start the show, but I'm waiting a second because I know what's happening back there. So, might as well just... I'm going to have to get up in like two minutes and pick up cat shit. I'm not proud about it, but it's what I have to do. It's like wearing a Saint shirt. Wow. Oh. Not I'm not I'm not I wasn't referencing the Saints to catch. I was saying, you know, wearing stuff even though you don't really want to. I'm just my my cat shit's in the litter box. I don't know. Yeah, this is mine. All three of them. Yeah, that must be Falcons cats. I don't know. They're retarded. Look, it's a it's a Russian blue, so I'm just gonna pass it off to being Russian. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> if you don't like it, you know you shouldn't have lost the Cold War. I'm just <laughs> Just saying, bro. Like, fuck your couch. Couldn't keep up with Reagan's Space Force. Oh <laughs> Fucking shit. Sorry. Probably a bad time to make war jokes. I'm not making. <laughs> I'm making jokes about the Cold War. Fuck the Russians. I'm just I'm just there's saying. no. There's no way it's too soon. Cold yeah, war it's jokes. not too soon. There's no way. Yeah, that <laughs> should that should happen when I was like fucking five years old. Mm. You had a full head of hair. <laughs> That shit was banging. I had a pair of fucking LA gears that lit up in a windbreaker. Oh, fire. I was looking stylish. Oh my God. That, is that why Karina married you? You sent her those pictures? That was your pictures on the dating profile? Oh, bro. No, nah, it was the, it was the other. It was, it was the, the one. one. It was the one with the Beagle Boy shorts. <laughs> the pose. The starter jacket. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, you are not god. allowed to post that video or that photo anywhere yes i am not until we're done you doing the gave podcast it to me <laughs> it is did a it gift the, did it have the quote like i'm never doing nothing i'm always getting money one of those quotes there <laughs> <laughs> no but dude i got oh it's so bad um so i've got a photo of me when i was 19 or 20 and uh it's I'm wearing like an echo checkered shirt that's like red and yellow. Oh my god, with this a shirt picture. that matches it underneath that's also echo. <laughs> but not only that, I was at the mall and you know those kiosks where they do little like sometimes they do like engravings and stuff. They had a dog tag with Tupac on it that said only God can judge me. And my like 19-year-old <laughs> self was like, you know what? I need that. <laughs> I fucking need that. <laughs> so I bought it. And I have a photo of me wearing it. So I look at that sometimes and I just think, I was a fucking douchebag. <laughs> it reminds me to be better every day. I thought you were going to look at it. I had a drip before that was even a word. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us here at the Challenge Fandom Podcast. Tonight we've got another episode of Trash Talk Roundtable where we're going to be recapping Challenge Season 38, Ride or Dies, Oh, Living on the Edge. That's probably the wrong tone, but yeah. that's what you get. It sounds more Bon Jovi, but that's what <laughs> I was feeling at this moment. Welcome to Jersey, bitch. <laughs> we're, we're not, none of us are in Jersey, I'm sorry. Anyways... <laughs> 
Fake news. Fake news. Not not telling truths tonight. Anyways, my name's Ricky Hayes. I've got my beautiful wife, Karina Hayes, sitting here next to me. And then we've got Corey, our raging Cajun Viator, joining us tonight. And then we have Tony, Stats, and fucking Info Lance coming in hot. <laughs> so, guys, real quick before we dive really into this, what do you think of this episode? Yay? Nay? Good? Bad? On a scale of 1 to 10 or any other measurement? You want to use what Jesse would be happy if we're using a scale of one to ten. <laughs> yeah, it it was all right. I don't think it was like as exciting as last week. I think this episode was pretty predictable, but I still enjoyed it and I enjoyed the daily and I laughed a fucking lot in this episode. So I I, I had fun with it. I'll I'll give it like a seven or an eight. I mean, the elimination wasn't the best to watch and i felt bad watching it yeah the whole like from beginning to end it was like a paint by numbers there were some interesting variations on it but right from the start of the episode you pretty much knew how it was going to shake out yeah yeah i'm gonna go with uh the star search format so i'm gonna say three and three quarter stars because i'm an early millennial almost got karina to spit her coffee on that one so that's a w <laughs> you know i thought it I thought it was a solid episode, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fucking go out there and write a letter back home to tell people about it because no. <laughs> I don't write letters and I don't really buy stamps. So we really do need to get stamps. Though, yeah, I'm we probably saying. should. All right, Corey, what you got? I mean, I'd give it about a seven. Um, it was not one of our pages, but the elimination was spoiled for me from someone in another page because people are just like that for no reason. Yeah, just want to casually drop it in there. How you get it like five thirty in the evening? No, it was like last week after. Okay, after well, the that's drama fair last, then. Yeah, after the drama last week, someone was like, "Oh, don't worry, so and so." Yeah, but uh, and, and just in case it doesn't get brought up, I hate that when Nelson calls himself Daddy because it's just he's kind of a fan it, favorite. But it's if in my notes. So much okay, but I'm just oh my god, it's not the first time he does it, and please stop. It makes me so uncomfortable. How yeah. did it yeah. make you feel when you referred to Devin as daddy? Uh, I was fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> daddy Devin's acceptable it's every day. It's different when you call someone else daddy, but when yeah. you call and yourself daddy, your yeah, yeah. That is true. I'm home to daddy. No, dude, don't do that. Don't, no, don't. don't. <laughs> yeah, no, come on. Fucking, <laughs> I like Nelly T. Just stick with the Scuba Nelly references. That's Those are saying, always yeah. a win. Scuba Nelly, Nelly T. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's because he's a fan favorite. He kind of gets away with it. But if it was certain other people that did that, they would get mm -hmm. beat down. That's yeah, fair. That's very fair. True. <laughs> there was a there was a lot of drama after this episode too, but that's there, yeah, there yeah. Was. We might dive into like a little bit of it, but doubtful. We'll just tell you where to go look if you we'll want to find forget, it. We'll probably forget. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just gonna ask him to be a goldfish because I can't see it all the way. Is it a soccer ball and a toy soldier? Yep. Okay. Nice. Oh, oh I'd even notice a toy soldier. That's awesome. I did. Look at that. Learn something new every day. Shout out to Wild Frontier Design Co. for the print. We will link them it. down below. We'll dedicate this next minute to them. Yeah. And <laughs> <boom>. <laughs> I'm also going to dedicate the following minute after this minute to Printful for getting us the shirts we've been looking for so we can actually start processing orders hopefully by Monday. Yay. Boom. Yeah. Boo. 
that means I can get Corey his shirt and, and get then, our shirt sent out for our our second place winner for the giveaway. Yeah, keychains are going out. Keychains are going to go out this week. All the sticker packs they're set up and they're ready to go out. We just got to buy stamps. Where do you even buy stamps? I think at the like the you think you can get them at the grocery stores and also yeah. probably the post office. Yeah, because Fry's here. They, every time I check out, they're like, do you need ice for stamps? I'm like, what do I need stamps for? Get out of here. <laughs> what do I need stamps like, for? Like, Who uses stamps? Like, I'm, we're in that, like, weird generation where, like, I remember the analog world, but I don't remember everything about it. Like, when I had to send those stickers to Tony, I was like, I don't even know how many of these fucking stamps I need to put on this <laughs> shit to get it to Canada. I think I put, like, three or four on there, and I just hope for the best. I was like... Worst case, they send that's, it back. That's why you just go to the post office and say, I need to send this to this address. And then they tell you how many stamps. That's too much. That's, that's too much for me. See, don't y'all, y'all have Smiths, right? That's the yeah. prize equivalent. Yeah, they'll give you stamps, dude. Yeah. Like, for, for example, this whole, like, analog and not quite remembering. Can you still write checks at the grocery store? No. I don't think they, I don't think most grocery stores take, take checks. No. I, I remember being behind older people writing checks yeah, at the grocery store. Yeah, they used to store. take them all the time. You remember the old slides on the fucking mm-hmm. visas? Anyways. I still write letters. I have a, I have a wax seal. That is fucking <laughs> awesome. I want a wax seal. <laughs> <laughs> for real, we could get a challenge fandom wax seal for when we send say, shit out. Get a challenge fandom one. <gasps> Just the gorilla's face with the headphones. Don't look at me like that. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. You're welcome. I want one. I have to get her fucking coffee cups. I got to get her koozies. I got to give her my yep. sweats, my hoodie. That my was, soul. I didn't ask for your sweats and hoodie. Okay. We need to get into this episode. You and I can debate about the finish debating about this later because we've been finding about it all evening. I'm just saying, where do you even find a custom uh, fucking wax like stamping? The sweats on me. Etsy. You gave them to That's me. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. You put them on her. Whoa. <laughs> Dude, I fucking was like, hey, do you want some baggy sweats? Because those look like they've been through like three bags of shit already. Because <laughs> she's been wearing them for two weeks. No, I have not. Don't <laughs> lie like that. I'm sorry. It's been a week. Oh, women, my God. Women steal. We're victims. So I was like, do you want some baggy sweats? She's like, yeah. I was like, here, take mine. I was like, here, you might as well take this hoodie, too. Yeah. See, I didn't ask for it. You gave them to me. I, it was I a just, gift. I just forgot that you're going to wear it for the next eight days. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> well, it's kind of like when you just give a bully your lunch money. You just want to get the fight out the way. Like, you just like, take it. <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone, Look, please. The thing is, is like, inevitably, she'll forget her clothes and laundry, and I'll just find it then and be like, oh, this is my shit. Yeah. <laughs> take take those socks back. I don't even oh. know. You did, you motherfucker. Anyway. Moving on. We have to get into the episode. So Darrell and Veronica are back. They are. are they? they are back. So, the, yeah. So the episode opens. Did on... they ever really leave? What do you mean? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to be fucking oh, philosophical. Oh, I was hella confused for a second. I well, like, I mean, they didn't they didn't go away for long enough for them to actually do like a photo shoot for the promo stuff. Yeah, that's true. Just <laughs> nab that from all stars. Were they a planned pair or were they a replacement pair? From what I know, they were a planned alternate pair. Like they oh, were, weren't pair, like right. it wasn't like a Jordan and Nisa situation or anything like that. Like they were paired from the get of their the get go of their pairing. And as I, I just, I, yeah, as alternates. But I'm like, I just I don't what. So did they like lose enough people that they had to bring in 
Yeah, I don't all know. of their like, do they have to like empty think, their roster of alternates? I think so because Nam and no, because Emmy. Josh still didn't go in. Yeah, Josh. Right. Yeah, they didn't. Corey. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they emptied their alternates, but I'm just saying. I think I don't think they planned on bringing in this many people. I think the three that they brought in: Bananas, Nani, Jordan, Anissa, uh, Darrell, Veronica. I I agree. I think they were all planned. I don't think Nam and Emmy were planned, and I don't think Olivia and Horatio, or I'm sorry, Horatio, uh, were originally planned to come in. Right. I, I think they brought them in after the Casey Kenny situation. Thank God they did. Yeah. Why did they? But they brought in four teams. Like they brought in two teams for one team. Yeah. I actually forgot that Horatio and Olivia weren't there from the beginning. Because Jordan's original partner couldn't make it, and so they had to cut Anissa's partner, who got completely edited out of the first episode. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know how the hour and a half episodes feel drawn out? They're like, well, we're going to make this season feel drawn out. We're just going to keep bringing people in and know the same amount of people at the end of every episode. Yeah. Keep it going. I thought that Anissa's partner got sick or something when they did one of the COVID things. That was a rumor, but from what I've heard is that they were there that first night. They got completely edited they went in, out yeah, they of went the into, first. They went into the second quarantine with everybody. And then they and fe- then they production cut him while they were on the second quarantine so that they had someone to pair with Jordan. That's the rumor. That is not confirmed Ooh. known information. It is fan rumor, but from sites that are like usually like 99% right with everything that they fucking put out. So I don't like, know if I trust the crew that are on the challenge to be as good of actors as they would need to be to be that hyped when Anissa came in if they just saw her three days ago. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Well there's they actually, all quarantined at the same hotel. There's yeah, and there's yeah, Anissa was there from the get go. Um Olivia, Narice and Johnny Middlebrooks were talking about it on a live one day. And talking about how when Johnny and Narice met for the first time in the airport on the way, you know, to go to the filming location, they were all in the bar with Tori and Anissa was there and Anissa was buying bottle like bought a bottle and she like contributed to the situation of of Johnny and Narice getting drunk together and like whatever. So Anissa was there from the beginning and there was a screenshot that went around after, like during around the time the second episode released, there was a screenshot going around on Twitter that somebody found of Anissa's partner. Well, I, I don't know his name, but her original partner. Jackson. James. He's in the shot when like everybody's out in the grass and it's like panning across everybody just out there drinking and talking and whatever. And apparently he's in the crowd and they took a screenshot of his face. But every other part of that night, they edited him out. They just, you know, missed that one moment or whatever. And and to go back to what you said, as far as I'm being good enough actors, I don't think they were acting. I think they were legitimately surprised to see Anissa because I think they got she got sent home after the second quarantine because of her partner. They weren't expecting to see her with Jordan. Right. So I think they were Casey coming back. Yeah. Yes. They didn't know she's coming back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think there was a surprise, but like the they all acted out surprised about Bananas and Nani because Bananas and Nani quarantined in the same hotel with everybody. Yeah. And that's the thing is that yeah. everybody quarantined together, but I do think there's still an element of surprise because they're it's still not guaranteed who's coming in. Now obviously well, yeah, they like, wouldn't know who alternate were like alternates were or anything else. 
Yeah. So like, I mean, obviously, like if if I was in the, you know, on this cast or whatever, and I see bananas and Nani quarantining with everybody, but then not in the house when I get in the house, I would presume that they're, you know, like first in line to come into the game if something goes wrong because it's fucking bananas. Yeah. But, you know, you still don't know for sure. So, yeah, you know, you know. But they typically don't make male champs alternates. That's a female champ. Yeah, they reserve that for females. Yeah, yeah which is f- no. I think bananas and Nani was definitely planned. That yeah. was planned for them to come in at the time that they came in. I'm gonna have a whole lot I, about it. A whole lot of anger about the global championship. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> when we do are. the cast, Likewise. I'm gonna be so fucking heated yeah. on that episode. Yeah. With that being said, that's a whole um, other story. Yeah. Anyway, um. <laughs> You want to get going, into this episode, guys? Going off of the, yeah, no, going mm. off of that, um, it's funny because, you, like, that you guys said that because I noticed that when Darrell and Veronica come out, Anissa, like, starts jumping around and, like, screaming and freaking out. Like, she looks like a fucking 15 year old at, like, a Justin Bieber concert. I was like, dude, why are you, be, why all of this? Why is it all of this? And I love Anissa. I really do. But I'm like, all of this? Really? That was a lot. Did you guys catch what Fessy said to Darrell? So just winning dailies. Yeah, Darrell Yeah, ask him what's up. He goes just out here winning dailies as usual. It's like, bro. All right, Fessy. You won one and DQ'd the rest of them. I really stats and info. Can you find out how many total dailies Fessy has won in his four seasons on the challenge? Sure. Out here being humble, like normal, Darrell. You know. Oh, I was, yeah. I was going to say it's going to be six or less. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Se- seven count this season. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> seven. Yeah. yeah. Count seven. this season. Seven. seven daily wins. So, Jesus, what that man. breaks down to one point like eight per season. How many Animal. seasons has, how many seasons has Fessy done? This is fourth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 1.75. Yeah. It just, bro, just shut the fuck up. Anyway, I actually, (laughs) I can't, I just, I can't with this. And I said, I said this somewhere, I think in in one of, like in a comment in one of our groups, but Fessy is just like one of those where like, no matter what, I, I always try to like him. I really fucking do. And then he does something like that. I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe he's learned a little bit. Maybe he's had some growth. I might be able to get on a on a on a good, you know, level field with him at least or something. And then he goes and he does some stupid fucking shit that completely overshadows everything else that he's done. And I'm just like, bro, you're just a fucking idiot. Like, so no, just 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 shut up. I won't lie. Credit where it's due. I thought it was fucking funny because Darrell didn't even take him seriously. I know. I thought that was funny. It was it was very clearly a joke. And I was just like. I have to give it to him. It was the same sort of response you would get from Devin. It's just a matter of it was Fessy, so or Fessel, so yeah. then yeah. it gets taken a certain way. I'm just I'm just saying it's like, bro, introverts are supposed to be humble. I yeah. No, we're not. Weird. You're supposed to be at least introverted about it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Maybe his batteries got recharged. Oh, well, you know, that's what happens when you hang out with the mother of dragons. Honestly, I I don't know, man. I get it. And I get where people see like the the humor in that moment. But I actually found the following moment with Darrell and Tori and Veronica even more funny when like Veronica and Darrell were like trying to find a bed. 
and there were two beds and Doral like looked in one room and then he went and looked in the other room and he tells Veronica, he's like, oh, hell no. Like you can have this one. And he's like, I don't want to stay with Tori. She farts all the time. And I was just like, Tori's like, people know this about me. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, how many people know this about me? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Fucking Darrell was like, nah, I'm not staying with Tori. Fuck that. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I really do enjoy the fact that like oh farts get talked about on MTV the challenge. It just it really kind of makes my makes my viewing, you know, enjoyment just well, go through the roof. Here's my thing. Didn't somebody tell us in an unplugged episode that Darrell has like some of like the most like raunchy, nasty fucking farts and he'll like drop them silently on the stands yep. when everybody's standing there for a daily and it just like takes everybody out and he just stands there like laughing at shit like who who are you to talk Darrell? Like I've, <laughs> I've also heard that's Nehemiah too. I heard Nehemiah does it on purpose to make TJ laugh. <laughs> well, he's with the vegan diet. I'm sure he can do yeah. it on command. I was going to say, Darrell's probably that protein, dude. That protein will get you. Yeah, oh. well. well. <laughs> I would like to point out that the girl who came in late commented on how coming in late could and should make you a target. Yeah. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> it, was, it, it went late the first two weeks. Just this week. I was going to say, I, I guess, yeah, Banani, it wasn't considered late. And at this oh. point, it's almost like they just kind of blend. It's like it's like Olivia and Horacio. Like, they just blend in with the original cast and yeah. you almost forget that they were brought in late. But nah. Oh, I remember they came in late. We yeah. see you, Nani. <laughs> or Anissa and Jordan. Like, no one yeah. said that for Anissa and Jordan. But it's like, oh, now. Yeah, Darrell and V. Yeah. We're running out of rookies to put in the four, so... Got to make up a reason. I I have a I have a hypothetical. Well, not necessarily hypothetical, but just I want your guys' opinion. After this, Tommy and Elite uh. and Elise sit down with Olivia and start talking about what they did, trying to like, yeah, trying to mend fences. They're it's the apology tour. Yeah, Survivor. If you were in that situation, do you think it's a better move to try to do the apology and get called the fuck out, or just prepare to get thrown in and go? Just be straight up. Just say, yeah. like, look, we fucked up. We get it. We had a decision to make in the heat of the moment. We chose Kim and Colleen. Yeah. I mean, it, they're the Targaryens. It's understandable you know, <laughs> that you're going to want to save them. They've got those fucking amethyst colored eyes. It's. But you also you have to acknowledge the fact that, like, no one is going to trust you from that point forward, because not only did you screw somebody over. You screw somebody over in a public forum who then immediately called you out on it. So everybody is well aware that a conversation was had with you. But that also means that they're probably well aware that a conversation was also had with Kim and Colleen. Yeah. So yeah, their word now means nothing. Or just like I think Laura is it Laura. I think later in the episode, like you did what you had to do to stay safe for that week. And even in this episode, even if you didn't do that last week, you're probably going in anyway. So it doesn't right. like you do what you have to do to keep yep. safe now. Just own it and move forward. But I mean, it's a in that game you you have to do damage control the best you can. Just apologize and take it. I think really that's all you really can do. Here here's my only issue with this moment. I think that I think that trying to make amends, you know, it's it's worth the shot, but it's not really gonna do much. I don't really think it did them very much good in this moment, but no. What bothered me about this moment is that they had this conversation with Olivia and obviously Horatio was not anywhere to be seen. And maybe that was of his own choosing. He didn't want his, you know, Olivia made it very clear that he was very upset and hurt. But 
it bothered me that they had this conversation with Olivia right in front of the house. Like yeah. it almost felt like a, like a, like a publicity stunt. You it, was know? A per, it was performative. Yes, yeah. exactly. It felt very performative. It didn't feel genuine. It felt like they were having this, this moment, this, this emotion, trying to have this like emotional apology moment to, to Olivia, but not from a sincere place, from a place of wanting to everybody to see it. So that maybe, you know, people would maybe feel bad for them or, you know what I mean? Something like that. Like it just, it did not feel genuine. It's twofold as well, because on the one hand, it's in a public space where they're saying like, Hey, like this happened. We're super sorry. Everything like that. So on the one side of it, the house can see them apologizing for what they now know was a bad move. It was not the right move for them. They are trying to backpedal. They're trying to mend fences. Right. But the contrast is they know that Olivia is not going to take it well, um, nor does she have any reason to take it well. No. So that also shows them making the effort to apologize and mend fences and Olivia being reactionary and not accepting said apology and kind of going off on them a little bit. So it shows them trying to make amends. It shows Olivia not willing to mend fences and work together um, from this point forward. But it also shows her as being like, quote unquote, unstable in regards to that sort of interaction. Not saying that Olivia is unstable because she reacted exactly how anyone should react in that scenario. Yeah, absolutely. So here's my view on it is. It's a complete waste of fucking time. And yes, it was very yep. performative, but I'm not surprised with the big brother background for both of them, as well as, you know, and, and no shade on Tommy, but you're on Broadway no. for a reason. You know what I mean? You're a performer. Yeah. You know, so, to, but to me, I think it's kind of a little bit what everyone said, just go in there and say, we did what we had to do to stay safe. It bit us in the ass and you guys can think whatever you want. We know what's coming towards us and yeah. let's just yeah. get through this week and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was a little off subject a bit, but was challenge USA. Was that the only time y'all did the exit interviews? Y'all don't get to do yeah. it for the main show. MTV doesn't really do exit interviews. Yeah. We're yes. going to, we're going to try to get it for the, uh, the CBS global championship though. So uh, it's Paramount plus. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll interview them a week after their episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just so curious why Tommy and Annalise decided him and Colleen in that position. I would love to. So uh, Annalise actually did like a little uh, live or video or whatever on her Instagram last week after the situation. And apparently the reason that they ended up choosing Kim and Colleen was because Fessy and Mariah had told them that that's what they wanted them to do if they had pulled the safe dagger, because obviously Bessie was trying to keep Colleen safe for himself and they wanted to show that they would work with Bessie and Mariah and be loyal to Fessy and Mariah. If that is really the situation, why the fuck would you not air that shit out? Because it makes you look better to the house. You say, look, we wanted to pick you guys, but Fessy said that if we didn't pick him and Colleen, that they were going to go after us every fucking week and yeah. you create a divide in the house. Cause then they're going to go after you every week anyway. Yeah. But you create that divide and maybe you get some numbers. That's all well, I can say. And so here's my only thing though. And you know, I, I wasn't going to bring this up until we get li- into it later in interrogation, but it makes me wonder if Annalise did tell some people about this because later when she is talking to the daily winners in the interrogation room, 
he says to her, he's like, he's like, I wish you would have just said that. And you would have just like owned up to what happened and told everybody the truth about what happened instead of like running around here with all of these excuses. And I would have just respected that a lot more. So it makes me wonder if they did and that we're just getting the edit of what MTV wants us to see versus again, what what actually happened, which is very fucking, you know, it happens all the time. So I wouldn't be surprised. I took that as like their little apology tour was what he was referring to as not copping to it. But yeah, I agree with you. It could be taken either way. It could have been that way too, you know, but I think that there is a possibility that if that is truly what happened, and I assume that it is because Annalise put it in a video, it's on her page, it's all over a bunch of challenge, you know, T pages and whatever. So I presume that she wouldn't just do that knowing that like Fessy or Mariah could like call her out and be like, dude, you're still, you're a fucking liar or whatever. But so I presume it's true. And I would assume that they probably did tell some people through the house, but it just, they, they weren't loud enough with that side of it if that is actually what happened they needed to be much louder with that i mean it could have helped them out but it wouldn't have been like how laurel was helping out her or helping out Horatio after that uh elimination (laughs) no like she is on him or how she was helping him out of his fucking necklace and enjoying his you know (laughs) she's gonna be helping him out of some other stuff soon do it though fuck it Get it, dude. Get it. I, I found it funny that she was like, I just wake up and stare at him every morning. <laughs> it's like, oh my He's God. He's just laying there shirtless. <laughs> I don't know. I like this. I think it's, I think Laurel and Horatio are cute. Um, I think that it's fun to see Laurel having like a serious crush like this again and it not be with some trashy ass, trashy ass. Trashy ass douchebag. God, I can't talk. That was a hard sentence to say. But I thought it was I thought it was a cute moment, you know. So she was so when he was like, Can you put this on for me? She was so quick. She was ready. <laughs> she was she, ready. Ooh, she ain't missing an she, opportunity. She threw it down. She's like, Yeah, I'm here. I'm here, baby. In the scene where Laurel and Horacio are in the room, yeah. there's the one bunk, the lower bunk that's behind Horacio. Mm-hmm. There's a a pillow of like a dude. And it looks like it looks like either Chauncey or like Corey W. No, it's it's Jack's boyfriend or husband. I don't know. So that's my question. Yeah. Okay. Is that was my question because I was like, I don't know whose bunk that was. Because if it for like example, if it was Amber's, then it would obviously be Chauncey. If it was Nelson's, it would obviously be Corey. But then I saw like they did another shot where it was like, I think it was the one where she was talking about the fact that they both sleep on the top bunks. Yeah. Because then. Jack was below on that bunk and I was like, okay. But then it became a matter of, I don't know if that's his pillow or if it just so happens that he was sitting on that bunk in the scene where they needed the footage of the two of them in the top bunks. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no. (laughs) Well, first of all, if I lived in that house, like if I was on the show and the people were hooking up, I would, I would hope they would not do it in the bed above me. That just sounds horrible. Like, yeah. Let, let me get the top bunk tonight. You go. You guys go ahead and take the bottom one. We'll f- we'll switch mattresses <laughs> later. Or you know, just like I would leave the room. Yeah, personally. something. If yeah, like look. if I am aware that a hookup is about to transpire, I would not just go back to my bed. I would be like, cool. I'm going to go sleep in one of the millions of other places in this massive place. Yes. 
but like Michelle, like it's not cute when they wake me up at three in the morning. I'd be like, guess what? You should probably go cuddle with Fessy right then. Then unless he's with Colleen, he was with Colleen. It could have been a three way cuddle session. Okay. I'll just make it as uncomfortable for them as it is for me. I'll just be hyping it up. Like, yeah. (laughs) Wow, wow. Sitting there eating popcorn. No, you guys are doing great. Doing great. You're done already? Come on, guy. Scubanelli. This is why you guys enjoyed the hookup <laughs> drama. And I would just leave the room and go like elsewhere. I did want to mention this. Um, I find it really funny that last week it was all about like how everybody's hooking up in Fessy's bed, like cuddling with him and how he thinks the girls just go to Orasio when uh, when he's not around. And mm-hmm. then you see that moment with Laurel and Fessy, or Laurel and Orasio, and you realize that Laurel's just laying in Fessy's bed to wait for Orasio to get like, out yeah. of the shower or stop doing whatever he's doing so she can hang out with him. That's exactly what it is. But then Colleen, oh, Colleen, why? why you I don't get it, that? dude. It's because uh... she was on Love Island, Germany, bro. <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if she ever told him the truth about that fessy wouldn't know either way he doesn't know what's the mole that, is. yeah they they were in bed and he's like laws of attracting girl yeah. right you'd be here so last hookup mention and it wasn't really even a hookup it was like a cuddle sesh uh jordan and tori lay down together Ooh. and and, you know, she she made a comment that it wasn't anything about it being sexy or anything. It was just comforting, which is understandable because they've spent they spent so much time with each other. And there is that familiarity there. Yeah. Well, um, Jordan said it, too. He said, you know, you don't spend that amount of time with somebody. And then these things not happen, especially when you still have like feelings and unresolved things there. Like it's it's just it's just is what it is. I like the Nelson and Olivia little hookup i like i like they're cute together they're cute poor nelly i just want to say with the jordan tory thing is i think that moment shows because everyone has their conspiracies versus minus like even though they heard certain things that they ended on such bad terms yeah and i have exes that ended on bad terms that that would never happen with but i also have plenty of exes that i still have love for and like I'm gonna respect them, and I won't take anyone else disrespecting them. And I think that just proves that they didn't really end on bad terms. Yes, they ended, you know, together as both with their decision. love and yeah, yeah. it it was, it, and that's the thing is that it wasn't it it wasn't something that either of them really truly wanted. From what I've been able to gather, is it was just something that they felt they had to do. And you know, I I don't know, I don't want to speculate too much into their relationship because I don't know a lot about it, but. I thought this was a very sweet moment and I was glad that I'm I'm just glad that they're able to be at this place at this moment. Now obviously from season yep. previews we know that this gets much uglier between them down the road in the season, but for now I am very happy that they're able to be in the same space as each other and be handling it all right. Yep. One thing that we saw in this beginning portion before we got into the daily that I really wish we would see more of was the Nelson and Jay relationship because yeah, like we know that. they're friends yep. outside of the show. Yeah. And when they hang out and they put out content, it's fucking hilarious. But to see them talking game was pretty interesting, talking about how you don't really want to get the daily win because it puts so much blood on your hands having to put four people down there. Yeah. Um, which is smart, but as the house numbers go down you definitely want to win the daily because you don't want to be one of the four fucking people that go down there yeah yep. i was just saying in that moment you knew who was going to win the daily 
Exactly what I wrote yeah. in my notes. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Nelson's talking to Jay about how he doesn't want to win. So Nelson's going to win. <laughs> it's fucking reverse yeah. psychology. God. Nelson's a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote the foreshadowing in this episode has once again caused an eclipse. Right. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. But I will say, like, I agree with you about like Jay and Nelson. Like, I like that relationship. I like the level of strategy that they're talking. And I think that the reason that we haven't seen any of it yet is because they're really trying to tell the story of Jay with the rookies and Nelson sort of in the middle. So them talking any sort of game doesn't really jive with the story that they were telling. But I don't really know like what would have what has happened to that rookie like quote unquote alliance. Right. Because so much like it's all kind of in turmoil now where people are going back on the word as regards to who they're actually picking. Some of the people aren't even there anymore. So I don't know because Michelle was still talking to Norris and I think Olivia and somebody else in the beginning of the episode about how the rookies had to stay strong. Right. So clearly there's still some connection, but then also Narice is Nelson's partner. So she's not really in a rookie team. So it was a really weird combination of people that were in that conversation. Well, and here's my thing with the whole rookie fucking alliance. It To quote Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. And the rookies yep. had a plan. And then bananas and nani one which is a theoretical punch in the mouth and they haven't been able to recover and assemble the way they should yeah and and, and part well, of because they keep bringing in vet vet teams well yep. that and they the experience level as well you know like yeah. mm -hmm. there's something to be said about doing seven seasons and even if it's a daily that you've never done before you've done the challenge before and you get a basic understanding of how to find the shortcuts or how to do things better like yeah yeah, I mean, we see yep. it in this daily that it's something that Bananas and Nani have done, something that's very similar to this. They're used to being 350 feet above the ground with each other. Right. Where a lot of the rookies, as you can tell by their faces, are not. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Or direct. Absolutely. Which they yeah. 100% waited to do this daily yep. until he was in the game. Oh my God. Yeah, I fucking Poor love Durrell. him. Dur TJ is the dirtiest player in this game, Dude, and he, I love it. Yeah. He walks in cursing TJ out. He's like, TJ, you're fucked up in the head, man. I don't know why you're doing this to me. Because <laughs> they're all just like looking up and they just see these, you know, this contraption like hanging out at the top of the building. And it was pretty funny. And then like TJ's like, what are you guys looking at? <laughs> And I think this this like as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is one of the worst ones for Darrell because there's no like succeeding to where you don't hang and fall. Yeah, yeah, no you way. have to do it. <laughs> yeah, you have to. There's you're there's no way you're not dropping. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> poor guy, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. They definitely waited for Darrell on this. Um, Hold on for me. Uh, yeah, it's called Hold On For Me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Like, well, look, daily. I'm just going to say this because it's it's going to be hard to, I guess I can try to explain it real quick, but basically you have a partner that's hanging off the edge. There, so there's, so you're 300 feet in the air. You got one partner that is, you know, out in the air. They're hanging onto a bar um, and they have to hold onto that bar as long as they can while they ha are communicating with their partner that is still on the roof letting them know like when they're about to drop the partner on the roof then has to run and jump off the roof catching their partner like mid-air 
and use the momentum to swing their partner in the air backwards and grab a flag that is just out of reach behind them. If they miss the flag, you DQ. There's no doing it again. You can't keep swinging. You won't get back up there. If you miss it on that first swing, you're DQ'd. The team that holds on to the bar the longest and also grabs their flag will win the daily challenge. So I'm going to say this. Obviously, a lot of people on the challenge, not all of them, but a lot of people don't understand how basic physics work and how you create momentum. This was so frustrating to watch. Like, I'm sorry, but if you are six foot or six foot two, 200 pounds, and your partner is five, four, 120, they should be the one hanging from the bar, not you. Yeah. Because they cannot create enough force to swing you like you need them to. <laughs> You're going to go, bloop. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It was, it was so, so frustrating to watch. It was so frustrating. I, I was so annoyed like the whole time. I was like, why is everybody up here backwards? I don't fucking get this. And the only ones I think that succeeded was it's the person let go of the bar right before contact. Everyone mm. else was yep. still kind of like hanging on and you lose that momentum. Yeah. I mean, there were some interesting like ideas that people had like the targaryens like the whole swing yeah. the legs back and forth that like was, that was a great theory it would have worked if she would have waited until he was closest to her yeah yep and then or started to run as she was as he was getting closest to her so that when he was coming back she was jumping out at the closest point yeah mm-hmm. so that he was just starting to swing backwards because that would have been fine but she yeah. jumped when he was like Already like moving back. back. Yeah. It was weird. It was an odd approach. An- another interesting theory was letting Veronica jump instead of Dorelle. <laughs> she didn't oh jump, God. bro. Look, in all she due skipped. respect, Veronica, you did not jump. You fell. Yes. You just <laughs> fell. She's like, I'm a really bad jumper. I'm like, you that was not a jump. You literally just like tumbled off of the fucking roof and like just happened to barely like touch Darrell's like feet and then flip backwards she pulled a tina oh it was fabulous fucking 10 out of 10 veronica 10 out of 10 i didn't realize till nelson and norris because you know dad life i was cooking or whatever and i thought it was you get the flag and the long the person who hangs on the longest to their partner I didn't know oh. it was the bar because I was wondering, yeah. I was like, why is everyone starting at different times? Like, on yeah. the jump? And, I, and then I saw Gordon on Anissa and I was like, Gordon's got a good hold. I was like, he's going to be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> My personal favorite was when you have a six foot six partner who's 200 pounds and used to play division one college football and should have gone pro. And he's better than all the pro players, by the way. And he's the one hanging onto the bar, not the one running, jumping, and swinging. Yeah. Like, what? The person who, if they were to flip it, then she also has to, I guess, no, because she's jumping. She's letting go of the bar at the same time. I was going to say, because they would have to hold the weight of the other person, but they don't really. She's got to absorb the hit. it. I'm just saying, like, the only one that I think where the woman had a legitimate chance outside of one that already succeeded going with the male jumping would have been Tori. Like, I think they would have had a a really good chance. They got close to Casey. So, yeah, Casey, too. Here's the thing with Tori and Devin is that if you watch their jump, 
they would have made it to that flag. But I think theirs was a situation because if you, I don't know exactly how it happened. I think maybe Tori let go too soon and she was just too far down by the time Devin got her, but they get a really good swing. And then it like, it like dips, like it like jumps in the bottom and takes away like most of their momentum. And they still almost get all the way up there, but they would have fucking went way up there if they hadn't had that little like bounce in the bottom of the fucking swing. Ugh. The same thing happened to Horacio and uh, Livia as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I have a hot take. I think that even though he's getting made fun of for not even made fun of, I think he made fun of himself. So we're all laughing together at this. Mm. But the fact that Tommy did the Titanic pose. Oh, my God. I think that actually helped. Yeah. She almost had it. Yeah. He couldn't reach the flag. It wouldn't have mattered. He yeah, because of like his height and the length of the rope and everything else. When they swung out, she was the closest to the flag. There's no way that he could have reached the flag no matter what. It was all going to be on Annalise because of just like height and momentum and everything else. It was yeah. always on whoever was the jumping partner, yes. right? And yeah. But I think him going stiff like that and really actually creating that momentum and keeping his arms, um, maybe if he brought his arms in a little bit, it might have helped a little bit more. But I actually think it kind of helped. And, yeah. you know, kudos for giving us a Broadway moment on yeah, was, the challenge. It was beautiful. He created a little pendulum, dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Fuck, dude. And you know what? They they actually had an advantage, I think, because being uh, the lightest of the couples, I mean, it's probably the easiest to create said momentum. You know what I mean? However, yeah. advantage as far as weight and momentum, yes. But they still had to jump the exact same distance with less leg. Right. That is true. She, yeah. She did well. She I, did really well. Yeah. She literally she touched that fucking flag. Like she had it in between her fingertips, just not enough of it. Was anyone surprised that? All right. First of all, it was fucking hilarious. The whole lead up to them jumping Jordan and Anissa. Oh my God. I was fucking dying that whole time. He's like, I'm just looking her in the eye. And she gives me that look. And I'm like, I'm fucking coming. You know, <laughs> like I was fucking yeah. dying during that. But was like Jordan and Anissa obviously accomplished this and he reaches the flag and grabs it. But was anyone surprised? Cause as soon as he like took off, I was like, Oh, they got this. Yeah. Not yeah, an yeah, issue. yeah. Dude's a goon, bro. He's just a straight up goon. Like she said, he's Superman. He'll find a way. Yeah. Just, no one else succeeded until that point. He's just like, yep. Cool. I got it. It's light yep. work. And- it was impressive. I honestly, like when they, when I saw the challenge, I will admit, I was like, they're, they're not, Probably not going to do well in this, but they fucking did. They killed it. I I loved it. I was super happy for them, like super happy. And just that whole interplay of leading up to it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for the look. (laughs) Well, hey, I just got to. So, you know how on. All right. So you see it on Survivor, right? When they're going through a daily, they show people that aren't on the cast doing the daily do people do that for the challenge because some of no. these times it just seems yeah it seems like no one gives Mm-mm. it a trial run and they're like damn that was harder than we thought it was going to be yeah no they i mean they have testers obviously that do all of these like dailies and stuff before they send the challengers out there and that's how like especially if it's like a timed thing they know like if it's like oh you only have like 20 minutes to get this done or whatever that's how they figure out those times is based off of the average of the testers who ran the course or whatever, but they don't show them people doing it or anything like that. 
I just didn't know because like some of these, I mean, this isn't the first one, but there's been other ones where it's like, man, that seems way harder than they thought it was going to be. And people are struggling to get it yeah. done. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Anyway, so one th- one other thing that I did notice, and obviously this ends up, you know, kind of changing the out- the outcome of this daily is Narice has a confessional where she's sitting there and she talks about how she's noticing that everybody's doing it backwards and that if they would just have the men jump and the women hanging, you know, like we said, they would be able to get a little more ment- more momentum uh, in their swing. And, you know, she's like, but I'm going to keep this to myself. And that's exactly what her and Nelson do. And then they fucking kill it. Like it was, it was so cool to watch Nelson do so good in this challenge, because again, like this is just, isn't one of Nelson's strong suits, you know, heights and all that kind of stuff so it was really cool to see him yeah (laughs) dailies but it was really cool to see him go out there he had just gotten shit from production yet again like as he's getting ready to get up on and take his turn you know production calls him out and again is like you know are you gonna finally win one today blah blah blah. and i i really liked watching nelson win i liked watching him win this type of daily you know it was something that he had to literally like take a leap of faith to complete and he did it and he kicked ass in it and i'm i was super happy for him super happy can we just like i want to give a moment of silence to nelly t's 54 dailies yeah dedicated <laughs> moment of silence are we doing this next minute for we're we've done the last 54 minutes for nelly t all right each one of those was for nelly t's dailies i love it and this is a big minute right here so, <laughs> well, we, when we talk about Fezzel's uh, daily wins, I was just curious. So I looked it up, and after this win, Nelly too, he's done way more seasons. Only has nine daily wins. Oh wow! And he's done yeah. over double the seasons. Poor guy. He's on a cold streak. Nelly T has also gone against a lot steeper competition on a consecutive basis yeah. than Fessy has too. <laughs> so very true. And, and 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 Nelly wasn't an NFL caliber player like Fessel, so you know better yeah. than all the NFL players. Yeah, yeah, and he still <laughs> put up a fight against that said better than NFL players in a hall brawl. So. I feel like production has always asked Nelly whether he's going to win, and they've only included it this season because he actually did. I agree. I feel like they rag on him all the time on it and it just like never makes air because it's adding insult to injury. But now that he actually got a win that they had to put it in as that build up. Cause like as soon a- as they started doing it the first time I was like, ah, production is also in on the joke. And then the second time they did it, it was like, Nelson's going to win a daily at some point this season. <laughs> yeah. So oh, when yeah. was his last one? His last one was Vendettas. Is that what they said? Yeah, man, yeah. that is. Man, so, I think so, yeah. Him and Shane on Final Reckoning were such a good team, man. Like, <laughs> it's just such they a were. Pairing. They were such a good team. They did. They worked really well together. I actually liked them together, and I'm not a huge Shane fan. I'm a big Shane fan. They did work well together. I think Shane brings an interesting dynamic to the house. Yeah, definitely. I'm just not like a big. I'm not like a yeah. big fan. I'm just like, oh, okay. Sh- I oh, Shane, I agree like, with. But- I'm sorry. I agree with what Corey was talking about earlier uh, with someone. I forget who it was, but I saw the comment. It was like Shane might arguably be one of the better challengers to have never won a final or bid to a yeah. final. Oh, uh, Anthony. Yeah. If he, uh, yeah. if he stick away from the drama, he'd have better luck. But if I'm telling you, if he gets to that final in invasion with CT, CT's got a like that final format specifically. Shane mm-hmm. gives him a run, man. 
You're never going to talk Karina into, into anybody having a chance against CT in the final. Because Shane was leading. Oh, those, no, just in regards to Shane. He was leading all those other guys that haven't won a championship. Like, he was dominating every single one of them. He's just got a physical elimination with Corey and Nelson at the end, which in his strongest suit. Mm. Shane. Yeah, anyway. Too much drama with Shane for my liking. <laughs> yep, yep. I, I, it's not the part of the show that I enjoy. So the fact that, like, as a competitor, fine. But I also still can't get past the whole like purposely making his team lose on yeah. the one challenge. It kind of soured my feelings on Shane and then followed with the like overabundance of drama that he brings to the show, but like not the good kind of drama. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that you like him <laughs> and I appreciate that Rick likes him. I if he came back and wasn't as like absolutely filled with drama and played straight up like like a solid game then that would be different well it's, it's a requirement to be a lavender lady you gotta have drama that is rules. true mm, yeah <laughs> anyway so um, obviously nelson and Norris win the daily yeah first daily in 54 attempts for nelly t uh Norris gets a daily win her rookie season only yeah. four episodes in so congrats to Norris yeah, on and that good for, good for her on that because everybody's focusing on the fact that like nelly won like his first like daily challenge in like 54 daily challenges in a row but like congrats to Norris too because that's always like that's that's cool that's that's got to feel awesome like coming in as a rookie and then like that first daily win that shit I'm sure feels amazing so super happy for her too and it was her idea yeah exactly and it was her idea she's the one who came up with the strategy and uh, you know so I'm I'm here for it I like Norris um, I think that she she gets a little messy on social media yeah. but you know. Whatever, but I, I like her in the game, and I like the way she thinks. So I'm I'm here for it. I did like Devin like screaming out and like chanting like he broke the streak, he broke the streak. <laughs> like <laughs> when they're all like getting ready to leave, I thought that was pretty cute. Like I just like those those little like relationship type moments. But yeah, so we head back to the house, and uh, pretty much the only thing that happens here before they go to the club is that Norris and Nelson are like kind of talking, deliberating about like what they're going to do. And Norris wants to send in like two vet teams and then they don't actually say it, but I'm presuming that it would be two rookie teams because she had made the comment earlier about how Nelson is like all tied up with the rookie or I'm sorry. Nelson is all tied up with a bunch of the vet teams and she's all tied up with a bunch of the rookie teams and how like it does them good because they're kind of covered on both sides. But if they were to win, it would, you know, cause some conflict, obviously, uh, you know, and Nelson like straight told her, he's like, look, like I, I know that you're like a rookie and you want to like try to make your a move and try to make, leave your stamp on this game. But there's going to be way more blowback and way more issues for us in the long run. If we end up going after vets right now, like if we're the first ones to yep. take a shot against these people. And I mean, I get where Narice is coming from. She talks about the potential of the game changing in the future and her just kind it's of being ride or dies. Yeah. And she's talking about like her being like all alone potentially. And, you know, people are going to come for her or whatever. But and that's my thing. Like I wrote in here, like, you know, you know, like, what do you guys think? Like, do you guys think that the game is going to change at some point or are they going to go to the final <laughs> as these pairs all the way? Do you want the long answer or the short answer? I mean, the short answer is no. The game's not going to change yeah. at all. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't think the game is going to change. I don't think like you can't 
talk up a season of ride or dies and the fact that people brought their own ride or dies with them and like for the first time ever for the yeah for the first time ever since all the other times they did it but then just to split them up like it doesn't it doesn't track so i don't the only thing that i can foresee is the rider dies and then potentially whoever gets to the like they might do a point system and keep the money or split the money to really drive a rift through the rider dies and see how rider die they really are right but i don't see them going to an individual game yeah how wild it would it be if you get to the final and if you don't have the most points your partner gets to decide if you die or not. <laughs> oh my god or ride and then you toyota camry your contract gets ripped up You're so um, it's like who, who can you trust more than yourself you're your own ride or die yeah um i i think narice would have been right if we wouldn't have gotten three back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back veterans coming back into the house and the numbers were a little bit different, but the fact that the numbers are what they are, Nelson's right. You can't do this. You got to go. Yeah, it's just, it's just not time. It's not time. It would have been interesting if uh, Johnny was still in the game, though, for this deliberation. Yeah, that would have been. You would have made it. Yeah, would have made it really oh, yeah. interesting. <laughs> I am because because Nelly T has to go after his girl. So oh, that was so. Oh, it would have been messy. Ooh. So from here we go to the club, uh, and typically we keep the club scenes pretty short. But there was one really good and important conversation that happened in this, and that was between Nelly and Norris, uh sitting down and talking with Olivia and, and Orasio. And obviously there's a connection here because, um, you know, Nelson and Olivia are hooking up and have feelings towards <laughs> each other one way or the other. Dun, dun, dun. Spoiler alert. Oh, so you're saying Nelson's living on the edge? Oh, I love it when someone uses a title in the movie. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, exactly. But this is, look, I was... I had heard rumors about Orasio before the season started. And so I was kind of high on him. Like, cause I, I heard about his show. I still haven't seen it, but I heard it was a badass show and he did fucking amazing on it. Yeah. So I was already high on him. Olivia, knowing she was love Island and not knowing anything else and not hearing much. I was on the fence, but from our previous experience with challenge USA, I learned that some love Islanders are are fucking good competitors. Yeah, like and, legit doesn't matter what show you you come yeah. from. Like and I'm learning that it's not about what show you come from. Like pretty people can be athletic too, okay? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, Look at me. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty but I'm unathletic, so whatever. <laughs> Anyways, it, the point I'm getting to is hearing Olivia discuss this plan when Nelson just made me like her even oh, yeah. fucking more. 100%. And as of right now, she's leading the ballot for rookie of the year. Yeah. Over everybody else because she, because she comes up with the plan that Nelson and Norris should put her in a ratio in so that way people in the house don't think that they're actually working together like that. Right. And, you know, kind of creates a mystery. And what they plan out is the fact that, okay, we'll put you guys in. And we'll put in some other people and then we'll try to convince them to choose you to be the safe one. So you don't go in regardless. Right. Is the overall arching plan that they come up with out on this. And 
to me, it's fucking, it's a solid move for a rookie to pl- pull off. It's super solid. Yeah. You it, know what I mean? It sounded like chaotic as hell when she started talking. I was yeah. like, please don't do this. Please stop talking. And then the more that she talked, I was like, no, you know what? Like that, it makes sense. Big if it works. But they were very smart not to bury the lead, but they're very smart to have one rookie pair that would obviously choose another rookie pair, mm-hmm. but also to have the newer vets that don't have any strong ties yes, and need to make friends fast. So they like, because when they were talking about it, it was like, that's all well and good, but how are you going to pick people to go in on either side of you that aren't just going to save the other one, the other one. Exactly. Well, and and I was thinking that too, you know, and I mean, and that kind of leads us into the interrogation, you know, obviously they end up calling Olivia and, and Horacio Veronica and Darrell, Annalise and Tommy and Kim and Colleen. Targaryen. Or Targaryens. Um, But what I found really, really interesting was when, and I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but when Nelson and Norris were sitting down and talking with Darrell and Veronica, and it was like, it was almost like they were like setting up a play date. You know, they're like, you're going to pick that. Like, they're like, you don't have an alliance. They don't have an like honey, you don't have any friends. She doesn't have any friends. Let's be friends. You guys should get together and be friends. Like they were like setting up this little like play date for them. It was like, it was so cute, but it was really fucking smart. I'm honestly like, I was surprised that they put in Veronica and Darrell over Jay and Michelle, because I feel like Jay and Michelle would have wanted to save Olivia and Horacio over the Targaryens. Maybe. Yeah. But then you have a possibility of the Targaryens. Like, cause that in that situation, Nelson is putting in a really good friend and a girl like on two yeah. separate teams and they can't all be saved. So yeah. one of them will probably go in. That That's is a good true. point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Is it a I mean, it might just be the way I beat it, but I kind of felt like slightly it was somewhat of a double standard because Olivia was like, oh, I understand it's a game. You have to play your game. But it's like Annalise and Tommy were playing a game. They just didn't have the leverage in that moment to be like, hey, sorry. We're probably not going to pick you mm-hmm. if we draw the safe dagger. But they flat out lied. Yeah. But they, they flat out lied and said, we will 100% pick it's you. Just, it's their point of game. But that's different, though. They're, they absolutely lied in game, whereas these four are concocting a plan together to do it in real time. They're being completely upfront with each other. Because Nelson came up to Olivia and was like, that's what he was telling her. He's like, dude, like, I don't want to put you in, but like. I, I like no I'm in a bad option. position. I, I I have to kind of thing, you know, it's so like he was being upfront with her and he's being honest. And, you know, and this was just the the strategy she formulated to make sure that her and Horacio do not end up playing that night. So and I hate that people get upset that other people are lying in a game of deception and deceit. You're playing mm-hmm. for five hundred thousand dollars. for your team more than likely or a piece i doubt they're all getting a million i Mm -hmm. it's probably more or less you're getting like four hundred thousand or something but whatever it's show me one challenge champion that didn't lie at some point it doesn't matter that it doesn't mean that they have to work with them or want anything to do with them or want them in the game no 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 no. And, and and i'm not arguing that but i just hate that that that's the excuse like in the in the interrogation that's what nelly t went after with 
with Annalise and Tommy. And it's like, roll the tapes of what happened in Invasion with Corey and Shane. Yeah. Well, it's just, that's what I'm saying is the only difference is Annalise and Tommy didn't have leverage. They didn't have power in that situation mm-hmm. to, you know, say what they want to say. Cause Nelson had the power and I think they came up with a great plan, but even if they didn't, Nelson was centered in regardless. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he was centered in. <laughs> yeah. I do. I did find it funny though, that Nelson like took, <laughs> he took complete like ownership that it was his idea. This whole he's like, yeah. this is a side of me that you haven't seen yet. Strategy, and I'm like, but it's Olivia's strategy, brain power, yours. Did <laughs> you know? Did you know that the H is silent in Spanish? No, really. I'm just saying, guys taking credit for shit that their their girl said. It actually isn't. You said it at at the end of Spanish. It's an H, and you said it. So. The H isn't silent in Spanish. But Spanish is an English word. Yeah, but that's not what you said. You take the oh H off God. with lisp Spanish Mike Tyson. It's all the same. <laughs> Side note, still the greatest video of Mike Tyson is in the video where he's like, I broke my back. And he's like, well, what happened? It, it's my vertebra. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to send you the video. It's fucking hilarious. Anyways, um, so one of my other parts that I really enjoyed in this interrogation was uh when they call Kim and Colleen in there and tell them to like pick Orasio and Olivia to save when they've had yeah. no fucking interaction. But you know they're rookies, so they're just like, "Yep, okay, we'll do whatever you want." Yeah, they're like, you know? "We'll send you to the draw, but if you get the safe, you need to save Olivia yeah. and Orasio." And they were like, "Okay." The Targaryens are fucking doing what they have to. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? Because otherwise you're saving a vet vet team and it's just going to put the rookies in a bad position. Exactly. Ah, but they could have made a fucking alliance to take the Seven Kingdoms. Oh, my God. With I'm, so, and Veronica. I, I'm getting over it. <laughs> I don't care. It's Sleep, happening. It's like Bamber. Sleeping with Fessel. You got to do whatever you got to do. Call it dicking. <laughs> I, I did find it funny. Well, funny, not like funny, haha, but funny, like <laughs> uh, when they pulled Annalise and Tommy in. And this is where Nelson tells Annalise, he's like, look, I don't want to hear the excuses. You guys should have just like told the truth and taken ownership. And I would have respected that more. And Annalise was like, well, where are you guys standing? Like, where are you guys sitting right now? And Nelson just looks at her and he goes, good luck tonight. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, savage." Yeah. I I love that. Because a lot of times (laughs) they'll still leave you to like think something might change. But I just love they're like, no, we're not going to try to trick y'all or nothing. Everyone knows what's happening. Well, and then and then yep. freaking freaking Annalise and Tommy are outside talking in like the next scene. So I assume it's like an hour or so or whatever later. And they're still thinking that there's a possibility that they'll be pulling a dagger that night. And I'm like, bro, there is zero chance that you are pulling daggers tonight. Like, what are you fucking talking about? Yeah. What? Really? How could you possibly believe that after what just happened in interrogation? He literally told you you're going in. Good luck tonight. The fuck? <laughs> yep. You out of there. He could have meant good luck tonight. Hope you pick the safe dagger. Right. Well, anyways. I guess. But. Yeah. I mean, it, here. Anyways, he didn't, Gil, but he could have. He, he could have. But we get into an elimination and let's just cut to the chase. We know what's happening. You know. Can we fuck. go back for a sec? I mean, no, but yes. I'm joking. Of course we can. So when everybody's like out on the lawn and they're talking to Olivia about picking uh, or being like up for elimination or whatever and banana says that that's 
outside of his pay grade and he would never do anything close to that. I wrote down nothing is beyond bananas pay grade. And this is not anywhere close to stealing Sarah's money. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. bro. Yeah. Look, anyway, it, continue. <laughs> bananas would fucking throw his mom into an elimination. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if yeah let's to. let's yeah. not play games. Absolutely. Here. He would cheat on his girlfriend. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we head into elimination, and look, let's just cut to the chase. We all know what's going to happen. Norris and Nelson yep. choose Annalise and Tommy, which sends the Targaryens, Darrell and Veronica, and uh, Olivia and Orasio uh, to pull with yeah. the daggers. Up first is the Targaryens. Or no, no wait, no, I'm sorry. Durell Up first was Darrell and Veronica, and they pulled the very... He's trying to summon the challenge it, gods to tell him what a fucking him so dagger much. to pull. Yeah. I fucking love him, dude. He's like, I don't feel no no vibrational forces, <laughs> nothing. I was like, damn, bro. They picked the very most... The, the, the most one left. right in front of them. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah so they left, picked yeah. the left one. So with that, so it was interesting because like Darrell and Veronica clearly didn't know what the process was. Because for one, because they're new, this is the one disadvantage to being brought in late. You don't know where the daggers have been previously, so you don't know yeah. where to pull um, as far as the most likely going to be safe. But also, when they pulled that blank dagger, they both just kind of looked at it as if to say, does this mean we're safe or does this mean we have to go in? Yeah. Be happy Turbo's not there because it means you're going to have to murder someone. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The one guy that could probably fuck up Turbo, too. For real. Why do you say this, Rick? Why do you say this about him? Hey, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. <laughs> I don't, don't like these jokes. Don't invite him to our wedding. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, Um, I, I agree. It's one of those situations where it makes it super awkward, but hilarious for the viewer at the same time. Yeah. Um, because yeah. you can just tell how in the dark they are. And it's like, you fucking idiot. You should have picked the middle. <laughs> so, so has it been far, far, middle, middle? No, it's no, been it was middle, 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 left. No, middle, middle, right. If you're looking at it from the, from the competitor's yeah. view. From TV's so left view. If you're looking at it from the TV. Well, it depends. I mean, I'm just saying I go from the competitor's view because they're looking at it and they're pulling. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I really don't want to argue about where the dagger was last week. So let's just move on. Because I, I disagree. Okay. Well, then from TJ's point of view, it yes. Was in Tommy and Annalise's hand. It was middle, middle, left, and now middle again. Let, no, I thought it started right. No, no, no it didn't. It's never been on the right. Damn. Yeah. Which I thought, like, when they pulled right there, when Darrell and Veronica pulled, I was like, oh, fuck, they have a chance since they're going with that one because it hasn't been there yet. No, but. that's the one it was yeah. in last week. Oh. I will pull the fucking clip for you. I will show you. Where you at? Oh, I don't get involved in these squabbles. <laughs> <laughs> I will pull the clip. <laughs> I'm not going to argue this. Like, okay. it, it doesn't really matter. I said that, too. And then we're still talking about it. So then I started arguing. The it. safe one was in the rock. That's true. I just think it'd be awesome one week if they all draw and then them say safe and it's like quadruple elimination. Purge. That'd be funny. They really should do it where it all says, all three says safe and they're like, the people that get put in get to choose. Really fuck with them one time. That'd, That'd be, be funny. They're just like, everybody gets safe and they're just like, sorry, you guys have to leave. You don't have any. <laughs> we'll bring in three more vet teams. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So. Obviously, Darrell and Veronica pulled the not safe one. 
what I'm sorry. Oh, uh, they pull the first and yeah. it's and it's blank. So yeah. they're still up for grabs. Orasio and Olivia pull second and they take that middle dagger and they pull that safe. Obviously, they are fucking stoked. And so is goddamn Nelson. He is up there screaming and cheering. And Thank you. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? Like Olivia sold that shit out on the lawn after you nominated her. She sold that shit to bananas, had bananas believing that you were more savage than he was and that you slept with this girl last night and then turned around and threw her into elimination the very next day. We had the conversation twice, Nelson. Yeah. And then what are you doing, bro? And then you just stand up there screaming and whooping and yes, let's fucking go. That's like, bro. Now everybody knows. Everybody knows. You know what Thumbs was up. the only thing that was better than that? Jordan's fucking outfit. Dude, oh my god, his outfit is so great. <laughs> and the fact that he, that was improvised from other shit around the house makes it even better. His Cam Newton impression. Oh god. Well, <laughs> well you know what makes it better than Cam? Is Jordan's a champ. Facts. Cam ain't. Facts. Ouch. Going for the jugular. But no, that that was honestly one of the best outfits. That there's, so good. It was very much all-stars-ish, the way they get dressed up for eliminations, and I was here for it. So good. I was just going to say, the other difference between Cam and Jordan is I know who Jordan is. That is true. <laughs> Cam Newton was not on Remember the Titans, unfortunately. No, yeah. no. I think the best part about Jordan Duffin was just at the end, you know, we'll get to what TJ said to Tommy, and it's just like the first person you see and everything is like, we love you, Tommy! Yeah. yeah I love that, though. Dude, Jordan's so supportive out there, dude. I really dig it. Like, yeah. he really does yeah. seem to change, like, turn the page on how he is in the competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and maybe it's just because like we're in the more, beginning, this too. This more calm version yeah, of him. I think, it, I think it's edit. Part of it, I mean, I think he's kind of always been that way, but it's just they show what part of the one, and now they're showing his, you know, mm-hmm. him now, and they just... Yeah, but. that's true, too. It very well could be. So, um, obviously, like Karina said, uh, Rossio and Olivia pulled the, uh, pulled the middle dagger, and it's the safe dagger. Like you said, Nelson goes crazy, blows their fucking cover. They decide to keep their word and not pull a Tommy and Annalise and save Darrell and Veronica. So we get the Targaryens going in up against Tommy and Annalise. It is a smart move, though, to pick Darrell and Veronica for many reasons, because like 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 Jordan said, like it it's vets coming back into the house that don't have to go in. So nobody's really mad. But the other thing is like Darrell and Veronica play an old school game. Yeah. So they're much more it's sort of like they're more trustworthy as vets to kind of keep their word because they played at a time when you keep your word. So it's kind of a best case scenario for Rossio and Olivia to kind of like be matchmaker into an alliance with Darrell and Veronica. Yeah, I agree. I think it was really smart of them. Yeah. I, I did find it funny, though, when the uh, the Targaryens are all getting all set up for the elimination and everything, and TJ's, like, talking to them and talking to, like, Tommy oh, yeah. and Annalise and stuff. Yeah. And Kim is, and he's like, how you guys feeling, whatever. And Kim says that elimination is like visiting your grandma on Sundays. Like, you don't want to do it, but you have to yeah. do it. I was like, bro, this guy is adorable. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, that's bro, the most, like, that, that is the my... most, like, fucking, like, just, I don't, I, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of now, but it was just so, uh I was like, you're so adorable. I miss I miss my grandma. I want yeah. to go over there for Sundays. Well, you you got to figure, dude, 
a German grandma is probably. Oh well, my! My grandmother was yeah, pretty yeah. close. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was fucking Dutch. So, yeah. uh, but I just, I just, when you make a joke that makes TJ laugh, you know. Yeah, it's you, a know, you did good. Yeah, you know, yourself. you did good. Yeah. Look, and as much as I give them shit, and I will even use their real names, Kim and Colleen Tar- Targaryen. And by the um, way, we don't do that out of like we actually like them. Yeah, like I do. Yeah, they're you, fantastic. If we give you your own like nickname, like we, it's probably because we really like you. That's why Corey and Stats and Info have it. Yeah. Aww. With that, <laughs> with that being said. I actually like them, and this elimination made me like him a lot more because yeah. we haven't gotten 100%. a lot from him. But like Karina was saying, they go down to the elimination. The elimination is, um, what was it called again? It was called uh, Flipping Wasted. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in hot with the titles. Once again, challenge. Oh Thank my you. God. So basically, uh, your partner is laying on a board that's hovering above a mud pit. And you are standing quite a distance away with a rope that leads to their board that they're that's hovering above the mud pit, and you have to pull them up and hold them into position so they can turn these dials to create a solved puzzle piece in front of them, like a picture of like daggers. And yeah, they have to put it in order. If you want to know more, go watch the episode. <laughs> um, and tj blows a horn and they show kim and he literally just like one arm over the other just pulls her right up and she starts solving yeah and then they cut over to tommy and and you know based on tommy's size i knew what to expect in this and it it was heartbreaking to watch because he he didn't fucking quit he kept trying and even though it wasn't the right type of trying most of the time he just could not get that board that boy lifted. Did not quit. He, he did didn't. not quit. And he could have, no. you know, and obviously there's not a lot to talk about with this elimination because it's literally just like Colleen spending those things till she gets it right. Tommy struggling. Everybody screaming at Tommy, trying to give him advice, including Colleen or Kim right next to him, who he's like competing against. But one thing that was brought up at the end of the elimination, and I believe it was Jordan, is that Tommy didn't quit. And he could have. He could have easily gotten frustrated and been like, fuck this. I can't do this. I can't pull this rope. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm doing. And he could have quit. And he did not drop that rope until TJ blew that horn. And I really respect that. Like, not everybody is going to be made for every daily challenge, every elimination, anything like that. But I appreciate the heart and the fact that he knew he was going to probably lose he felt like he was letting down his like best friend because in the whole talks of, you know, whether you're ride or die or not, Annalise and Tommy are actually really good friends and have been since they met on Big Brother. So I get that emotional aspect of it. You know, I felt really bad for him. I could see how much it really hurt him and and how bad he truly felt. But I do definitely want to give him props because there's a lot of quote unquote challengers and OG challengers and OG vets and stuff who would have given up in that moment. And I appreciate that Tommy didn't. Yeah. And, and just to give a quick breakdown. So uh, obviously Kim gets calling held up there. She spins a puzzle calls for about three checks, has it wrong, finally gets it adjusted, calls for the fourth check and gets it right. I really liked what TJ said because, you know, Tommy did break down yeah. at the end because he felt so bad. He felt like he let down Annalise and I can, I can understand getting upset and crying because you're not able to get something down. And you feel like you yeah. let your friend and partner down in, in a situation like this. Yeah. 
And uh, TJ also calls him out on that and says, you know, you couldn't get it done tonight. But, you know, with I appreciate that you cried at the end because it, it shows that you actually cared about it and that you gave a shit. And you that were it really, meant something. Yeah, you. that yeah. you you wanted yeah. it, you know, and, and it's one of those moments, once again, that TJ's uh, able to separate from reality TV to, you know, talk to someone on a really personal yeah. level without knowing them probably really on a personal level. Right. So it's impressive. Right. No, I love that. Do you think that moment before All Stars started would have happened? Because I feel like since All Stars, TJ's been getting there's been more of those conversations. It it was happening a little bit in like post thirty thirty is I think where it really started yeah. happening. Yeah, because I was gonna say like a lot of people have told us that like while elimin while challenges and eliminations and stuff are being set up, like TJ will like break that wall and he'll bullshit with the challengers and he'll talk to them and ask them about how their day's going or where they live. You tell, tell them stories and you know, stuff like that. So I think he does go get like I know when the chat when he first started hosting the challenge, like there was a point where he wasn't allowed to interact with the challengers at all. And now we're starting to get stories again of of TJ being able to do that. And I think that I think it's good. I think production needs to let that happen, at least to a certain extent. You know, TJ's been doing this long enough and stuff that I don't think that it would be that like it shouldn't be that big of a problem. And I like these moments where TJ is able to connect to the cast on a personal level. And I think it's because he does do those little relationship building, you know, conversations and such. So I I really do like the fact that, you know, he also says, you know, you guys couldn't get it done tonight. You ran up against the dragons. Just oh my god! And then they go just one dragon, and he's like, "No dragons." No, no. none of this happened. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "You." Is this in your notes, Rick? Was that in your no, notes? No, he he stole my notes. <laughs> I'm improvising, so TJ, just like Jordan's yeah, outfit. TJ told them you couldn't get into, get it done tonight. You ran up against the monster, and I was just sitting there thinking, and I was like. Just just one monster tease. We're just going to forget that Colleen was like part of this because I know you're talking about Kim because he was all over Kim's shit. As soon as like Annalise and Tommy left, he was like, you met you did that with ease and she could have sucked at the puzzle, but yeah. <laughs> you could have been fine. But thank God she didn't. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's what, but that's what I'm saying. It's like on all stars. He had kind of free reign. He could say more and do more. And it yeah. was showing. And I think they kind of received that feedback because I mm-hmm. just feel like. You know, Nelson last season in the final, I just feel like we're getting it more and more. And it's fantastic. I wish they would have been showing it for whatever he's been on since season 11. I I feel like TJ's fans and the love for TJ is getting really loud these past like, you know, five to maybe like seven seasons or so. And I feel like maybe production didn't realize exactly how much TJ meant to like the fandom and the show and everybody watching it like it like he was just a host for us. And I don't think that they maybe they didn't realize how that he was much bigger for us here in the fan base. And, you know, I think that maybe they're trying to pay respect to that now. And and I appreciate it. I love that yeah. they're getting TJ more involved. I wish he had even more power than he does now. And I hope someday that they give it to him if he wants it. You know, maybe he doesn't want to have, you know, we've we've made this reference before, but maybe he doesn't want to have the power that like Jeff Probst has for Survivor. And, and that's fine. You know, but I, I do love I do love TJ as the host and I do love that they are giving him more attention, more badass intro shots, more personal moments to like humanize TJ and not just paint him as just like yep. this like announcer that is there for dailies and eliminations and that's it. 
Yeah. Speaking of TJ at this point, you know, after he gets done talking to Kim and Colleen and tells him to rejoin the group, uh, he has a moment with the cast where he fucks with them a little bit and mm-hmm. about bringing in a, a new, another new team, but inevitably ends up not bringing anyone else in and tells him to get back out of the house. And you hear Jane, people like, run, get off the fucking stage. Go, go, go. Oh, and I, I really like that. It was that. mostly Jay and Devin were the ones yeah. that I heard more than anyone else. I really enjoyed that. But um, Like, hurry before he changes his mind. So this closes out episode four and our recap on it. But yeah, let's go ahead and get into uh, the MVPs who oh, wants to yeah. kick it off. I will, because mine are probably slightly different. Or okay. Let's go. Order. Yeah. Get it. Um, so Scubinelli obviously broke 54 daily challenge curse, had a really good showing. Olivia is my female MVP for that plan. I don't think that anyone else who's in the house currently in that position would have had the wherewithal to put that plan forward and know how to execute it, but also to have the relationships to be able to execute it. Yeah. As far as honorable mentions, Horacio for, here's the thing. Olivia came up with the plan and Olivia helped execute the plan. Horacio had to have absolute trust and faith in his partner in order for that to work. If he deviated at all, if he tried to make any sort of side deal or like tried to hedge his bets, that would have gone up in flames so the fact that he had absolute trust in Olivia and what she was doing is huge because you don't see it a lot. Yeah. You do see the like team members falter in situations like that. And then Narice for also winning the daily and for figuring out like the best way to work that daily. Yeah. I I did also have to give an honorable mention to Fessel for not completely fucking up the episode. It was the first time that I've gone from opening credits to closing credits. And I know that Karina doesn't agree with me, but for me, he went from opening credits to closing credits and I didn't get annoyed by anything that he did. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I'm going to go ahead and go next and I'm going to dedicate this next minute oh, to God. my male MVP, Nelson, uh, Nelly T. Scuba Nelly. For everything Tony said, 54 dailies, getting that W. Yeah. Um, playing a pretty smart game strategically. I know people got a lot, gave him a lot of shit for not making a big move, but it was the best move for his game, which is something we always preach. Mm-hmm. Um, so big moves aren't the best moves. Yep. He made the right move in this situation. It was played very well. So, male MVP. I am going to give Nuris my uh, women's MVP because she figured out that daily that led to breaking the streak Yeah, and played along well, very strategically and was able to go along with Nelson's plan on this and also was able to help save her best uh, woman friend in the house in Nuri or in Olivia. Mm -hmm. Um, My honorable mentions are going to be Horatio and uh olivia well played for the social aspect everything tony said and then secondary follow uh honorable mentions are the targaryens one uh for their long long reign over westeros and secondly for winning the elimination i know it wasn't close but an elimination win as a rookie is an elimination win so props there yeah i like it my mvps are are the same uh nelson for the men for all the reason you guys said Narice for the women, for all the reasons you said, Rick. Plus, I also just want to point out that I feel like Narice handled herself in that position of power very well when she was Mm -hmm. in those interrogations and she was talking to people. 
it, it felt like she'd been there before. It didn't feel like when Raven was in there with Johnny or, you know, anything like that. It, she she took control. She carried herself very well. And, you know, and so I really liked that. And then, you know, my my co-MVP or honorable mentions, whatever you want to call it, will be for Horacio and Olivia. They are killing this fucking game. And I just I I can't remember the last time I was this excited for a rookie team. So or a rookie at all, to be honest. So <laughs> what you got, Corey? Uh, my female MVP was uh, Narice. Same reason y'all said she kind of figured out the daily. Hope Nelson get the win and they won it. My male MVP is uh, going to be very different. My male MVP is uh, Darrell for um, just getting up there and for kind of what he said, like, you know, with his kids, I'm not on national television, but all parents can relate. You just can't yeah. quit. You got to lead by example. You got to do things you don't want to do sometimes because that's what you have to do. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, he's my male MVP because I know he hates that shit. I love when he talks to his kids in his like pre and post elimination or, uh, you know, daily challenge interviews. I really like when he talks to his kids like that. Like, hey, you know, I always tell you guys like, you know, you only grow when you're uncomfortable. And he's like, well, daddy's uncomfortable as hell right now. Like, I like that he talks to his kids and not just about his kids. So that's that's cool. I like, I like it. it. Yeah, no, solid, solid choice there, yeah. Corey. Yeah, um, can't ever argue Durrell being an MVP. So, so let's break down fantasy, and then we'll start getting into Survivor. What do you guys say? I like it. Let's. I have a question. Just a quick Shoot. question first, but yeah. I do agree. So this means that Horacio and Olivia have never not been in our MVPs. Yeah, right? all four episodes they've been in at least one or all of our MVPs. Why they are getting rookies of the year? Yeah, boom. So, okay, fantasy points coming into this episode. Uh, I I was in the lead, or I am in the lead coming into this at 68 points. Karina in second with 56. Corey and Tony tied at 53 apiece. And then Josh bringing up the rear at 44. So, Corey, you had a tough week this week with uh, yeah. Casey and Kenny getting one point and Jay for a confessional and Jay and Michelle getting three confessionals all together. rough week. So your total was four points this week. Tough. But, you know, I think you got some good weeks coming up. You still have a solid team. Yeah. Uh, second least amount of points was myself was 17. Bamber and Chauncey got me four confessionals. Uh, Bananas and Nani only three. Thank God I got the fucking rookies of the year, Olivia and Orasio <laughs> on my team because they got me 10 points for that helped. Uh, confessionals. Then we got uh, Josh, who actually had a pretty good week. Laurel and Jack got him two confessionals. Fessy and Mariah got him six. And then Kim and Colleen got him five points for an elimination and then 10 points for the... We got 10 confessionals 10, from the Targaryens yeah. this episode. Like, Well, I mean, it's the Targaryens. Are you really fucking surprised? I'm just saying, I don't think that they had that many confessionals in the first three episodes, like, added together. Well, it's because <laughs> they were building up on the greens before they got to the black. They were foreshadowing. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, so he had uh, 23 total points. Tony coming up pretty big with only two two teams left on his but jordan and nisa got him six confessionals and nelson and Norris got him five points for the daily and an additional 13 points in confessionals a record for the week sweet yep so a total of 24 total points but karina with no daily or elimination winners on her team fucking smoked us she had six confessionals from devin and tori 12 from Tommy and Annalise and Darrell and Veronica coming out hot with 11 confessionals for a total of 29 total points. I'm also fucked for next week, though. (laughs) Yes, you are. Not completely. 
just mostly. I do mm. have the confessional queen. Production loves to give Veronica confessionals. Yeah. Along with Devin and Tori. But man, I am losing a lot on Annalise and Tommy because every week they have consistently had like double digit confessionals. I'm like, damn it. Why do you guys have to go so sad? I, I would like to point out that my my entire team are the only ones that completed the daily. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> it means funny. nothing point wise, but right. But that's pretty funny. That, Bragging yeah. rights. Right? So yep. uh, after that scoring, uh, we now have a tie for the lead between Karina and myself, both sitting at 85 points. Coming for first. Tony moves up to third with 77 points. Josh dr- goes up to fourth with 67. And Corey had a long fall to fifth place at 57 points. Yeah. Oof. The plus side to Corey, though, is he's got Casey and Kenny and Jay and Michelle, and they typically have longer runs in the game. In in reality they TV get a in lot, general, yeah. Well, in reality TV in general, Jay had a really long run on Survivor. Yeah, yeah. So and we're we're playing golf. Lowest score, better. <laughs> well, you know, dude, all it takes is one week for one of them to win a daily and you're going to get fucking 15 confessional points. It's just the way yeah, it works. Exactly. Or be involved in some kind of alliance or scheme or strategy yeah. or well, anything. And Jay's always a target. So you're always going to get confessional points from that. Yeah, because they're starting true. to get low on rookie numbers now. They're going to start shooting at people like Jay and whatnot. So I mean, they started shooting at people like Jay. It's going to yeah. get spicy, like Tori said. You know, it's going to yeah. get spicy. I- I think I missed that uh, recap episode, but it's like, what is Jay supposed to do for real? Like, yeah. he's at the bottom, bottom, bottom of the bet. It's like so Bamber. Like, it's like Bamber, yeah. yeah. Like you, that you have no option but to to team up with the rookies because yep. none of the vets are going to put you put a priority on you. Yeah, well, she exactly. was on the other bed in that yeah. conversation. Exactly. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. And then. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, for, that's episode four. Episode four of Challenge, unless you guys have any final thoughts you want to throw in. Everybody good? Yeah. Cool. You know what? It's not the final part of Anchor by Spotify. Yeah, that's it. It's Anchor by Spotify. So, guys, listen to that, and we'll be right back to start recapping Survivor. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for sticking through that anchor ad there. We are back and we are going to dive into our survivor recap for season 43, episode seven, Bull in a China Shop. I I like (laughs) I like this because it's taken me a while to notice. And I don't know if this is like consistent through all the survivor seasons or if it's like a recent thing, but. They always like name the episode after something that is said like in the episode. And I think that's like a clever way of of like tying it all together, because like I think that sometimes with the challenge, I'm like, where do they even just come up with this random shit? (laughs) Like they just come up with the most random shit sometimes, which I like. It's funny, but I do like how Survivor will name their episode after a quote or something that is like legitimately said in the episode. It's kind of fun, too, because it almost creates like an in-show game to like pay attention and wait until you hear the episode title. Who's, who said it? it yeah. yeah. Under what circumstance? Who's it talking about? But yeah. I like I think it, yeah. Erica last season or two seasons ago had the episode title of like a baby with a machine gun or something like that. Oh, dear and God. I saw the episode title. and was like, I have no idea how this is relevant to anything. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's awesome. I love it. 
So anyway, yeah, so we we get back. This is obviously post the half merge tribal council last uh, episode yeah. where Ellie actually got blindsided and sent home. And so, you know, Janine's obviously panicking right now because she's been pretty tied up to Ellie since, you know, the beginning. So she I found it kind of interesting how her and Noelle kind of stood off to the side and Noelle was kind of like giving her advice because Noelle's been in her position before. Yeah. And she tells her, like, you need to make sure that these people understand that you were not like 100 percent locked to Ellie. You're not taking this personal you're fine with it. And then it's probably better for your game that she's gone anyway, because now you're more free and open to like work with other people. You know, you have to go and go and sell that. And I mean, she did a good job. She, she went around and she was like selling that to everybody. And, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's a good effort. I don't know how far it's going to get her into the game, but you know, it also showcases Noelle's strong social gameplay. Yeah. Because she was able to do that really seamlessly and just like come up and say, look, I know what you're going through. I've been through it the exact same way. It actually worked out better for me. It enabled me to make more moves within the game. It enabled me to become stronger with my t- pro- with my tribe. So this could be an opportunity, not a detriment to your game. Right. And yeah, I mean, like Owen said it as well. Like, it's better for your game that Ellie's not here. And I mean, I think in some way Janine knew that because otherwise she would have played her idol. Yeah. And that and that was the thing that I was thinking, too, because and I know a lot of it is editing and stuff. But like if you pay attention to the tribal and when Jeff comes back with the votes and he says, oh, if you have any advantages or idols, you need to play them now. And it almost looked like Ellie kind of like turned and was like trying to look at Janine like over her shoulder out of the corner of her eye kind of thing. And Janine kind of like turned and looked away. And like I said, I know it could definitely just be editing and them just putting those specific shots there to make it look like that. But it definitely gave off that vibe. And I think you're right. I think Janine knew that, you know, she may not have known that Ellie was going home. But the second that it happened and in those following like hour while they're getting ready and they're leaving and walking back and whatever. I, I definitely think that she realized that it was definitely better for her game. And you know, as long as she plays this right, it could work out for her like it did. Like you said, like it did Noelle. You know, she's just she's yeah. got to play it right. Well, and that's the thing, too. And like the next scene is basically everybody on the beach, because, I mean, we've sort of been breaking it down into sections. And and really, the section before the challenge this time around is just all the tribes getting to know one another. Yeah, it's really interesting because as much as last episode was like sort of the pre-merge merge, this episode the tribes are all going in equal because Baka was the only one that had five. And now they're actually going in with four, four and four. Right. Which means they're either going to have a three-way tie or someone's going to flip. Yep. Exactly. Because everybody has their vote. It's just a matter of numbers at this point. And I think it was <laughs> for one, Cody saying Cody saying that Ryan has endless energy. Oh my God. Really? Like that says something. If yeah. Cody is saying that you have endless amounts of energy, then you must have endless amounts of energy because Cody has endless amounts of energy. Yeah, I agree. But uh, it was really interesting to see Dwight and Owen talking. Yeah. Because Owen omitted Gabler from him naming off people. 
And Dwight actually omitted both Jesse and Cody. But I don't know if it was just an editing thing. Right. Or it was more of uh, gesturing because Noel wasn't right there, whereas Cody and Jesse were. Right. So it very easily could have been that Dwight like motioned to Jesse, but not to Cody. Right. Yeah. Because at that point, like they were still sort of tight. But the Baca and Vessi thing was actually going from about day seven with that turtle puzzle. They finished the turtle puzzle first. Uh, Baca did. And then they were trying to help Vessi get the turtle puzzle, but it didn't work. Um, so they still lost. And then when they were picking somebody to go to Advantage Cove, Dwight mouthed to pick Noel. And Sammy and Ellie picked up on that. And they sent that's why they sent Noel. So um. they ended up getting the steal vote at that point. And that sort of solidified that like alliance without an alliance right and that's why like when they hit that puzzle dwight and noel were like we're helping baka and then they started helping and that's what made coco lose that makes sense okay because i was curious like because it just seemed like the way it was edited it just seemed like vessi just out of nowhere decided to start helping baka because they wanted to take coco down which is understandable in that aspect as well but it's it's interesting to know that it actually went back another like couple of challenges before that. And, you yeah, know. and it's, it likely didn't get shown because nothing came of the turtle puzzle. Right. Because they still lost. So it didn't really matter. And then, I mean, the camera might just not have picked up the fact that he mouthed Noel. Right. Because this is all from like that portion is from his exit interview with uh, with Rob. Right. OK. OK. But then, yeah, I mean. Really, they get the next thing that happens is they get tree mail. Yeah. Um, other than the fact that like Owen talks about the fact that Baca has a huge crack in their alliance and it's basically Gabler. Yeah. Nobody nobody wants to work with Gabler anymore. Like literally everybody's which, like super nervous. Yeah. Which is funny because like Ellie was just as conniving. She just was on, like she wasn't on Front Street about it, whereas Gabler's just like, this is what I'm doing. This is why I don't like this person. This person needs to go. <laughs> Which I kind of respect more in a way. Like he was just up. Even she knew that he was coming for her and exactly why. And he didn't fucking hide it. I respect that. Yep. The alligator is yeah. submerged again now that his business has been done. <laughs> but yeah, like I totally thought that was going to be the tribe flag. Cause, and I actually I said it when they were coming down the path because um, we have a friend of ours who's just getting into the show. And I think I mentioned it last week. So she watched, she came over and watched Survivor and then she actually stayed and for the very first time watched the challenge. So now she is going to be coming and watching Survivor in the challenge oh, that's uh, cool. because she got like she got right into it. We explained that like the the eliminations are normally a lot more like even in that regard. And this yeah. just happened to be like an episode that was a bit one sided. Yeah. Yeah. Like they have to pick. Um, so they get their tri- they get what they think is the tribe flag. And Dwight's like, oh, shit, this is not a tribe flag. This is we have to pick partners. And nobody really wants to say a name. They don't know what they're picking partners for. Like they have no idea if it's a reward challenge, if it's an immunity challenge, what they'll be doing. They have no fucking clue. Just break up into six pairs and be ready to compete as pairs tomorrow. But they do also make it very clear in that note that the individual immunity necklace will still only protect one person. So then you also have to take that into account. Like I'm teaming up with somebody. So at some point we're either going to be split up or competing against each other. So 
Who do you know what it's yeah. like? There's so much that goes into that. Well, I mean, even like, and if you're a fan of the show, which like the majority of the people that are on the show are, then you start Rolodexing through your head about like all of the competitions that they could be going into. So there's some of them. I don't know if you've seen any of the seasons where they have like, they'll have a flat platform with a handle underneath. Oh, so yes. they've got a flat surface and then they've got like a statue and you have to knock it off. When they started talking about whether or not they were going to be competing with each other or against each other, that was the first challenge that my mind went to mm -hmm. because they always get like it was one person against another person. So you could very easily do that in a series of like elimination rounds yeah. to get a winner. But then, of course, like they decide to draw rocks, which is both anticlimactic and also good gameplay. It's so Survivor. It was so Survivor yeah. of them. <laughs> Colored, painted rocks. I was like, really? Really? Like, yeah. we're just going to do a Jeff Probst here? Like, I'm, I get it. I respect it. It was very Survivor. <laughs> now, the one thing I will also point out, do you know how, like, everybody's talking about James's social game? Yeah. Did you notice what he said in that whole situation when everybody's trying to figure out, like, what they're going to do, whether they're picking partners, how they're going to pick partners? What he said? I forget. He asked who wants to be his partner. Oh, that's so right. He didn't, he didn't say, Noel, do you want to be partners? Or Ryan, do you want to be partners? He said, who wants to be my partner? So he then puts himself out there as being willing to have a partner, but also does not say a name and forces somebody else to sort of like out themselves in to order to be in a partnership with him. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's actually I do remember that. That's interesting. But yeah, no, they they end up drawing rocks. Nobody responds to Dwight. And like you said, nobody wants to say any names. They don't want to put themselves in a position where they're like tied to another person or look like they're in an alliance or anything like that. Mm. Uh, you know, so so they decide to draw, draw rocks. And eh, I get it. Like you said, it's, it's a little anticlimactic, but I, I get it. But we don't even see who the partnerships come out to be until we get to the actual uh, immunity challenge, you know, and then obviously uh, they they break into their partnerships there for Jeff to tell them what they're going to be doing today. And Rick got his drone shot. Rick got love a it. badass drone shot on this one. Dude, I'm going to be honest, like, I love the challenge and some of their production shots are great, but this is where Survivor out and out just has them beat yeah. because the way they intro these challenge shots are second to none. Yeah. So kudos yeah. to survivor for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and like, did you guys know? So it's kind of funny. It's a bit of foreshadowing without meaning to be foreshadowing when everybody divvies up into their pairs. Coco is the only tribe that is paired with themselves. Yeah. I so Carla and Cassidy and then Ryan and James, and then all of the, there's like one team of Vessi, one team of Baca and then the other two are mixed. Right. Which is kind of interesting because that's what the conversation was before going to the challenge about the tribe lines basically being made up of Coco on their own. Uh -huh. And then these two mixed up together. Yeah, that's actually interesting. I didn't notice about the Vessi and the Baca one, like that there was a Vessi tribe, a Vessi team, a, a Baca team, and then uh, two mixed ones. But I did notice the the that Coco ended up all with each other. And I was like, what are the fucking chances of that? Like when yeah, you're drawing right? rocks, what are the chances of that actually happening? <laughs> like, that's crazy. I just want to say real quick, a message on the chat, but my little baby woke up. So he's here chilling with me. So I'm entertaining, but I'm oh, eating yeah. my mic a lot because he's a singer. 
But I just want to <laughs> let y'all know I'm here. Well, yeah, no worries. Sounds good. <laughs> if he's got an opinion on Survivor, he can be heard. You know what I mean? Just let we us let know. Jenga t- chime in. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He's, he said Cody for the win. Weird little baby. He's on my team. <laughs> <laughs> Nepotism. Oh man. So anyway, so this uh this immunity challenge is actually pretty interesting, like right out the gate. So it's like a three stage thing where uh at each stage teams will be eliminated, which I feel like we don't see this kind of a format in Survivor very often, but I actually kind of like this a lot. Yeah, we used to see it a lot more. Did, okay, is it more of an, an older thing? So pretty much you have to make it through and be the first of a certain amount or whatever to move on to the next stage. But pretty much the first stage is you have to crawl through this like this twisted net that's in a muddy, like a super muddy pit. And you have to crawl through and twist yourself in, out of it and get through the net to the other side. Both partners do. And then you have to dig up these like this bag of planks and race back to your mat. The first four pairs from this stage will move forward to the second stage, which that one is you have to race up a cargo net and then use your three planks that were inside the bag that you dug up to get across this rope bridge. And you have to get both partners and all three planks across the rope bridge without falling down. If you fall down, you got to start over. Um, And then again, slide down this like ramp thing and go to your mat. The first two pairs to make it there move on. And then that third stage is going to be played as individuals where you're holding like a handle that's attached to a bucket, you know, and has a rope obviously connecting them. And the bucket has 25% of your pregame weight. Like that's what the bucket weighs. Last person to standing wins. So if you drop your bucket, it shatters like this plate on the ground. Tile. Tile. Thank you. That's a better word. Yeah. Shatters tile on the ground. You're out. Last one standing wins immunity. So. So two things real quick. Um, one, just kind of a little cleanup on what you said, because I didn't catch this, and I don't know if Jeff said it in the explanation. Tony will probably be able to answer this, but I knew that if you fell off on the the rope bridge with the planks, mm-hmm. that you'd have to start over. But I didn't know if you dropped a plank that you would have to fucking start over, yeah, too. Because they said you had to get across with both partners and all three And planks. all your planks on the map have to get over. Yeah. Forward. And I'm sure it was probably far enough down that you couldn't physically reach down and grab the plank without probably falling yeah, into the net. Yeah, because it's like a huge like netting thing. Yeah, like so drop in, but know. it took me like halfway through this first part with the net to realize what they had done was they had taken the net in the first direction when you enter and you had to twist a certain one way. Mm-hmm. And then once you got yep. into it to get out, you had to twist the opposite way. So it retwisted the beginning and opened the end. Yep. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it, I think it was really if you were paying attention and you could go second, it made it a lot easier in this situation. Yeah. I thought I really thought when I was watching it, I thought once the first person got through, it was smooth sailing Mm -hmm. for the second person. Obviously wasn't. And I just want to say, like, he didn't make it through. But like, shout out to Noel, because I just can't imagine doing that with an amputated leg. Like, that just seems like an anchor just getting caught on everything. She's a fucking beast, dude. She kicked that leg off mid net. Like, I'm so impressed with what she has done on Survivor. And yeah, that moment, that was awesome. That was so awesome of her. She is a fucking badass. Can I make a quick comparison? And maybe I've missed this, but I assume that you guys have made the association to Noelle and Jordan. No. Okay. I don't think so. No. 
But in my opinion, from what not to say that Noel's ability is on Jordan's ability or anything like that, it's a completely different, uh, you know, situations too. With Jordan's being his hand, Noel obviously losing her leg, but it seemed like it was just one of those challenges where it was specifically at a disadvantage for her. Like sometimes, like when Jordan goes into like the last elimination with Mark, where he had to pull up that rope and he really yeah. needed both hands to do so. It was just a situation that was really against her on this. And yeah. in any other situation, she would have probably been just fine. Yeah. Well, like I said, I don't. It's not the first time because I forgot what it was. It's just like even a cargo net or anything where like you feel for that net with your foot. Yeah. She doesn't have that feeling. Yeah. I mean, she's just she's just killing it. Kudos to her. Uh, I appreciate mm-hmm. G- G- Gabler giving her a shout out and giving her a minute during the challenge. Yeah. But yeah, she's just because I just like that specific challenge. I was just like, man, like that just seems like an anchor. It's going to get caught every well, step of the yeah. way. It was her hair that got caught, wasn't it? That was Carla. Um, oh, okay. Carla was on the other end of it. But I mean, like, the thing with that, too, is you don't have a lot of real estate to be in that tube. Yeah. Like that rope, because it's not that wide. So then you're trying to twist it. You're getting caught in the mud. But every spin that you take in the mud is taking more mud onto the outside of that rope. Yeah. Like, I don't have an issue with, like, in closed spaces or anything like that. But that would still freak me out because as you're trying to get, like you said, as you're trying to get this part undone, the back part's tying up again. So you can't get back out either. So you are literally like in that until you find a way out. And that would weird me out, especially with all the mud and everything. And if it gets tight enough, like you somehow nod up in there, you could end up in a poor situation where you're face down in this mud yeah and that's gonna freak you out too and really cause that anxiety to shoot up yeah Yeah. absolutely i'm not a claustrophobic person at all like at all that's not thing for me but watching this i was like man i I would see how yeah even if you're the slightest like it's just you're jammed up and it's just like you gotta stay cool keep your composure and keep fighting out this very super tight (laughs) compartment yeah, well, especially if you look at how caked in mud everyone was, like you could see just how in it they were. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't have handled this. I mean, I get claustrophobia, I get claustrophobia, like literally walking through like the grocery store and you get like to those aisles where there's like just tons of people going both directions in that aisle. Like, I can't yeah. go down those aisles. It, it just it makes me panic and it gives me anxiety like I can't do it anyway. um. <laughs> So for this first stage, uh, James and Ryan absolutely kill this. They come in first on this uh, first part. Carla and Cassidy, though, I was like, yes, dude, I am here for this again. Carla going out there, something that, you know, it didn't look like she was 100 percent comfortable doing, but she fucking did it. She killed it. I am absolutely in love with her. Every episode, I fall more in love with this woman, I swear. Yep. Owen and Gabler came in third and then Cody and Dwight ended up taking that fourth spot. But what I really loved was the moment that happened after uh, all the final places were taken for this first stage. And literally, like, every one of those survivors went out over and was working to help get Noelle out of this, this and net. Justine. Yeah, helped yeah, everyone. Just, or and Janine, yes. rather. Yeah, Janine, not yeah. Justine. Yeah, Sorry. Janine. <laughs> but, you know, I just, I, I loved this moment. I thought it it was really great. I loved that Jeff stopped the game. 
And this reminded me a lot of, you know, like what we talk about on the challenge with, you know, TJ going like beyond the reality show with these people. And this was a moment where Jeff went beyond the reality show and talked to these people about something real that just happened. And I loved it. I love that he took a moment to to talk about this with them and acknowledge, you know, uh, that everybody took a step away from the game and away from the competition to be there for another human being. And it was just, it was a really beautiful moment. I, I loved it. And I like that. I like that they took the moment. Um, I do know like Jeff was the one who initiated everybody going and like helping them out. But I think they were also like in the motions of doing that anyway. Yeah. And he just sort of saw it and, and made note of it. But I find it really interesting because this group of people and like a lot of people have said, like, we don't have villains this season or anything like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all just people. But the thing that you have is you have these people who can play the game really hard, but then they can also still be like real people in that same moment. And I think that that is what makes this season as good as it is, mm-hmm. is everybody that's there is absolutely there to play. And at this point, like as much as I have winner picks, I could I could see a case being made for anyone who's left. Yeah. Winning at final tribal based on the conversation and based on what they kind of how they answer those questions. But it's going to make the rest of this game so much messier because everybody is here to play like everybody is bringing their a game. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be like double and triple crosses, probably like every episode going forward at this point, because everybody plays at such a high level. I agree. Yeah. And there's a lot of close relationships on this season, you know, and so I think mm. that's really going to get the it's going to make things really fucking messy. So they, they get started in stage two. This one, I'm trying to think. I know that Carla and Cassidy ended up falling over. I can't remember who dropped. They're playing Ryan and, uh, James. Ryan and James. Okay. So okay, okay. I also just realized that the four teams that got through are the all double teams. They're all the people that were on their own tribes, like paired with themselves. And the mixed teams were the ones that were eliminated. That's interesting. So I know this isn't like a really high watermark of the show, but did anybody else notice when they slid down those ramps with the covered in mud? It Skid looked marks? Like, yeah, it looked like shit. Rick lost his <laughs> shit. I laughing. fucking died. He was laughing like a fucking child, I swear. He was like, it looks like poop, and just laughing. I was like, what? <laughs> it's doo-doo, baby. <laughs> we got fart jokes on the challenge. We got, we got the marks on the wall on the survivor doo-doo pies doo-doo pies everywhere all it it shows is we ain't gotta grow up guys (laughs) but anyway so uh in this second stage dwight and cody take first and gabler and easily open yeah easily they fucking kill it cody and dwight kill this for this second stage um, and then Gabler and Owen actually take that second spot, moving on to the final stage where they're going to compete as individuals. I liked this little part of the competition where they had yeah. to like and they had to like twist, like roll the thing back and like keep their rope like rolled up on this like pole. I really like that. It wasn't just a stand there and hold. It was you had to keep your keep that thing pulled back and rolled back well, yeah. or your rope was going to spin because as yeah, because as it goes down. You kind of have to ratchet it back up. Yep. And then that gives you even more incentive to be pulling back on it the whole time. 
I also like this is a testament to survivor versus the challenge. Not that not that one is better than the other. They all have their like pluses and minuses, but I really like how even survivor is. And like a true testament to that is if you look at the elimination from this week on the challenge, it was totally lopsided. Like there was it was gonna be really hard for Tommy to get any traction on that. Right. But then on this side, you've got twenty-five percent of your pregame weight. So whatever your pregame weight is, is 25% of that. So it's going to be different for everybody, but everybody's holding 25% of their pregame weight. So one thing I was surprised about on this was strategy. That Because when I first saw this, my first thought is what I would do is with my dominant hand, I would squeeze and hold on that and rest my less dominant hand until this one started getting worn out and then hold down, give it a break and switch back and forth instead of the constant hold with both hands where you're burning out both forearms at, you know, a faster rate. But Mm -hmm. that was just my initial thought on it. Yeah. With that being said, do I think I could have with that strategy held on as long as any of these guys did? Probably not. Maybe longer than Dwight. Maybe longer than Dwight. He didn't seem like he held on for too long. (laughs) Yeah, but the other guys did. I think he was just trying to adjust, though, wasn't he? Like he was trying to like roll roll it up a little more and adjust a little bit. And it fucking just slipped right out and crashed to the bottom. Poor guy. Yeah, he didn't gas out by any means. Yeah. No, and I'm pretty sure that the person who had the record that Jeff was referring to was Carter on Survivor Philippines, the 25 minutes for this round. Yeah. I I feel like it was Carter. Oh, okay. Yeah. On Philippines, which was Malcolm's first season. Gotcha. Yeah, he said, Jeff said, guys and girls have won this, which I believe, but I mean, I just feel like, man, it's just, I just feel like it's heavily suited towards the men. I mean, kind of, but I mean, at the same time, like, because it's not just like a set weight of like, okay, you're holding like a hundred pounds or whatever it is. It's 25% of what your weight is. So, I mean, for those lighter girls that, you know, come on to survivor and they only weigh a hundred and five pounds when they walk in the fucking on the Island, you know, it could be pretty simple for them to hold up 25% of their weight, but it's 25 pounds. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, a a guy who weighs, you know, 195, 200 pounds, like, so I could see how women could win. And it's not like we've seen like, you know, there's been some strong, badass women that have come on to survivor. So I, I a hundred percent believe it. It's also interesting because it, it also depends on technically on how good your tribe did winning rewards and things like that leading up to the merge. Right. Because if you've won every single award a reward and you're getting like all of the food rewards and everything like that, mm-hmm. then you're presumably not going to have deteriorated as much as somebody whose tribe lost everything. Right. So yeah. 25% of your pregame weight might not be as far off from your current weight. Right. And you still have more like, muscle mass to be able to actually work with that energy versus somebody food, who's like yeah. deteriorated much more from losing challenges. That makes sense. I just wanted to say, I want to dedicate the next minute of this podcast <laughs> to our dog Ahsoka. Cause she's laying on my feet and they're cold and she's warm. So she's the real <laughs> hero in this situation. Oh there you go. This was, this was interesting. Uh, so Gabler proceeds over the next, like pretty much the remainder of, the run for this stage of the of the challenge 
he proceeds to dedicate a minute to various different people in his life. The first one that we heard was like to his uncle who had who was having heart surgery, you know, and then he dedicated a minute to Noel, who he said has been inspiring her since the beginning of the game. He dedicates one to Lester, a war hero that, you know, he knew like he's just he's got tons of ones that he's coming out in the midst of this. Owen ends up dropping out of the competition. He drops his bucket and shatters his tile. So Owen's out and it pretty much comes down to Gabler and Cody, which I thought was an interesting breakdown. I honestly didn't expect it to be those two <laughs> holding out yeah. in the end yeah. there. Like I did not expect that. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. And I just want to say this real quick. We've been kind of poking fun at the dedication of each minute that Gabler did. It was actually really beautiful. Um, it, yeah. it was very beautiful. And we're doing this because it's low hanging fruit as making something humorous. But it was a very touching moment. And especially for the people that he dedicated those minutes to, I'm yeah. sure it was a very moving thing for them to hear this. And, and you know, so shout out to him for that. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. It's I know it meant something to him and probably the people he dedicated it to. So I don't want to take away from that at all. Yeah. But as a viewer, it got uncomfortable and that's not, that's not meaning it was a bad thing. That's just right. like how I took it because I just moments like that, I get uncomfortable, but yeah, it meant mm -hmm. something to him and it meant something to those people. And obviously as you saw in the result, it got him through it. So, it did. Kudos well, to yeah, him. It, uh, yeah. It's sort of twofold as well. Cause on the one hand, it's the whole concept of like when you're working out or anything like that, like you can do anything for 60 seconds. Right. So Every minute he focuses on someone else or something else. And that's what gets him through that minute onto the next minute. Right. But also by like talking the entire time, whether he realizes it or not, he is wearing Cody down because like on David versus Goliath, Christian Hubicki stood up there for like five hours on one of the ones. Um, it was the, it was the challenge that I'm pretty sure it was the challenge that um, like Xander and them won the stew where yeah. they had to stand up and like hold onto the thing. And they had like a very narrow foothold. Right. And they just stood there for like five hours and he just talked the entire time. Yeah. And eventually Alec just like fell off. <laughs> but that's sort of the thing is like, it's enough to just like pull your mind away from what you're trying to focus on too, because like it's distracting. He's got somebody else different minute. It is distracting. Mm -hmm. And like yeah. the whole point of this thing is like hyper focus. Don't let that thing drop. And he wasn't doing it from a place of like, I'm going to psych Cody out. That's how he was getting through it. Yeah, ab absolutely. And honest, to be 100% honest with you, I, I definitely think that Gabler, you know, doing this and talking through this thing definitely played a part in, in, you know, what happened with Cody. However, I truly believe it was Jeff that psyched Cody out. Because Jeff pointed out that Gabler and Cody had both lost some some distance on their buckets, mm -hmm. but that Cody's was way lower than Gabler. And Gabler gets his locked up, and he's like, oh, Gabler got his locked up. Like, can Cody do it too? <laughs> and he fucking tries, and he's like trying, he's pulling, and it slips all the way to the end, and he fucking catches it right there. And I knew in that moment, I was like, there's no way he's getting this back up. Like, you could literally like see yep. his hands like shaking. He's trying so fucking hard. And he finally just lets it go and Gabler takes the win. But I was like, Jeff, you psyched him out, bro. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> shush it. <laughs> I do think that Jeff 
unintentionally has an effect on how yes, people that yeah. win or don't win. I do too. Because he talks about and people get into their own head, mm-hmm. and it, it's a natural occurrence. Not to say that they should stop doing it, but just something I've noticed. Yeah, I did want to mention though this fucking immunity idol. This is the first one I've li- like I've genuinely I, like been like, whoa, that's fucking sick. I saw it and I was like, oh, dude, that's fucking dope. And also, this is the first time I've seen the new merged tribe, and I fucking love their buff. Oh, you it did. is so yeah. fucking cool. Their buffs are so, pretty dope. Just I like wanted to put colors. that out I, there. I want to buy one. Yeah, I do as well. Nice. I like them. I like these ones. But um, yeah. So this ended up going at least thirty-eight minutes. That was the last time like mark yeah. that i heard jeff make so it went at least 38 minutes if not longer that's fucking insane yeah and interesting fact with gabler winning this individual immunity idol gabler has never been eligible for elimination at any of the tribal councils that he yeah. has gone to yeah and we're wild. in the merge wild this challenge out of all the challenges I've seen, this was one I really wish would not all the other stuff for the net, but the forum thing. This is one thing I wish I could see. I just want to see if I could do because mm-hmm. I do a forum workout when I work out. I have a little bar and everything that's very similar to what they had to do. And I just want to see. I just want right. to see. I want to see yeah. how hard it is. You can set it up in your backyard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll set up a tile, a little bucket, 25 percent of my weight. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but you got to starve yourself for about a week beforehand. <laughs> and I got to get through a, through a net in mud. Yeah. And you have to yeah. sleep outside with no and bed. I gotta, and I got to dedicate minutes. Yeah. You do. Yep. Got to do that. You better create a list so you don't forget halfway through. <laughs> like, did I say him already? Oh, my God. I, I want to dedicate a minute to the Falcons blowing a 28-3 lead. Ooh. I want to dedicate uh, a minute to the Saints being in fucking damn near last place after all that talk about, oh, they're going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Nobody believed that. <laughs> um, so, but anyway. I, I did I did really like this whole challenge. I thought it was very well thought out. Like, yeah. this is one of those that I would not be mad seeing uh, the challenge do. You know, I think yeah. it would be interesting yeah. to see their them do something similar to this but yeah i thought it was really cool i liked how it went yeah just overall arcing opinion on that so there you go (laughs) i like it so anyway so we head back to the beach uh from here and you know baka and vessi are all pretty much still like in it to win it together it's pretty much coming down to their saying either like james or ryan yeah physical or social exactly like depending on which way you want to go if you want to go you know social get james out if you want to go physical get ryan out and really like james is fairly physical like surprisingly physical yeah yeah because he's usually in the front of the pack yeah, and he's yeah. a good sized guy. Like he's he's yeah, he's like just well built. Like he's got he's fucking broad shoulders mm-hmm. too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I I missing two episodes and then coming back into this, I was surprised in how much play Noel had in the politics. Mm-hmm. Like it yeah. was surprising to kind of just step into that, and all of a sudden she's like making decisions. I was like, yo, you were on the bottom rung like literally two episodes ago. What happened? <laughs> So I'll catch up and find out more, but just wanted to throw that out there. It's more so like you're seeing it like this episode, because last episode she voted for Ka- she voted um, for Cassidy. She didn't even vote for Ellie. Yeah. So she like this episode, it was just sort of like she just she, took control. Yeah. She, yeah. She just took it and went with it. Like they had the initial conversation and then she like 
distributed the information to everyone. Yeah, I think she just she got nervous because she knew about the situation. So James, Sammy, Owen and Dwight are at the the water well. Well, mm-hmm. and some I just randomly, I don't know, they're like getting water out and they find like a little like bottle in there, like message in a bottle type thing. And they pull it out and it is an advantage. And, you know, so obviously they're all four finding this like together. And James is like, well, I mean, you know, does like anybody want it? Like, blah, blah, blah. blah. And pretty much it's it's a hint. And it tells you that there is an advantage hidden like under your camp or, you know, under your, um, under your shelter, yeah. under your shelter at camp. And so they're like, oh, does anyone want it? And like, of course, nobody's going to just jump out and be like, me, it's mine, you know, because like nobody really wants to do that. That's not smart. And I found it interesting how James told everybody, he's like, well, you know, I'll get it. I'll get the advantage, but I'm going to wait until after tribal. I'm just I'm going to leave it there for now. We'll just wait. And then he like turns around and walks straight over to the fucking shelter and goes and gets the advantage. I'm like. That's not the way to build trust, though, bro. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I was just like, dude, like, why would you say that? And then literally just like minutes later, like, oh, like you. So ah, I don't know. Dwight had the opportunity to get it first. Dwight was back at camp without anyone else. He did not go for it because he didn't want something like the knowledge is power advantage because it's such a hindrance to your game. And it's it blows up your spot. There's no good way to use it. No, like the only way to the only way to use it effectively is to just like take it out and be like, look, I've got this. I don't want to use it on anyone. So I'm just going to say, Rick, I know you don't have anything. Do you have an idol? And then he'll say no. And then you throw it in the fire and Bob's your uncle. Yeah. The only way I think it works is if you keep your fucking mouth shut about it like Drea should have last year mm-hmm. or in 42 yeah. and then use it in the situation she was in where you know you're roasted, you know you're going out and this is your last pull to take someone else's idol and then you play for and next save week. Yourself, yeah. yeah. It has never been used properly. No. It's been in play now. I think this is the fourth or fifth time it has never been played yeah. effectively. Exactly. So another thing I saw that I really liked, and maybe you guys got a little bit of it last week, but was Jesse and Carla's relationship. Fresh. Built. Very yeah, fresh. I, I love this. Yeah. I love their Me dynamic. Too. I, I think, love it. I'm sure you do. Like just outside of the fantasy, though, like. It makes me like, oh, fuck, this is a power duo right here, a real power duo. They've been my two picks since the beginning. So, like, now they're, like, working together. It was, like, I I had that excitement of, like, when uh, on on Challenge USA, when Tyson and Angela started, like, really working together. You know, they picked each other's partners first, and then they developed that alliance. And I was like, oh, my God, my two favorite people that I've been rooting for, and they're working together now. That's amazing. Like, that's how I felt when, you know, I saw Jesse and, and Carla, like, working together, talking mm-hmm. and stuff. I was like, that's thick. That's a thick pair up. The strategy level and social oh, gameplay yeah. between the two of them, like, and neither of them are bad in challenges either. No. So, like, that is a near unstoppable duo. Their ability to build relationships. Yeah. 
and yeah. be considered extremely trustworthy. Mm-hmm. That is impressive. So it, it, it is interesting then to find out that out of nowhere, Noel finds out about this advantage and then automatically goes into politicking, trying to get James out right away because of politicking hard. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I thought so, I'd miss something. So Dwight told her that James had found like that they had found the advantage, like the note to the advantage of the water well mm-hmm. and said that he assumes that James has it. And they've talked about the possibilities and really based on the clue, based on the timing in the game, everyone sort of assumes it's the knowledge is power because it wouldn't be an immunity idol based on how the immunity idol mechanic works right now. Right. So they, they're all pretty much assuming it's knowledge is power. So then that's what starts her going around and being like, James has something. I think it's knowledge is power. We need to get him out. Yeah. I love how it spread it. It spread through the camp like fucking wildfire. Just camera shot after camera shot after camera shot. It's just like one person yeah. to another to another yeah. to another. It was like a game of telephone. Like it was crazy to watch it happen. <laughs> but I so I did like the fact that when they were showing uh, Jesse, I, I think it was talking to Cody and he mentioned yeah. that he mm-hmm. wants to get Noel out. I think that's a fucking smart move. As much as I like Noel, if you go to final three with her, you're losing. Yeah. Like who you're not going to beat her story. You're not going to beat the connection and the, the empathy people are going to have for that. And the gameplay and like, yeah, the determination what that she, she shows bounced, what she yeah. bounced back from socially after Justine got sent home, the heart she shows in every single fucking challenge. Dude. You know what I mean? Like you're not beating her. Yeah. You know, the I only know. way you beat her is if you can beat her in fire. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. I agree. And this, this is another testament to how great Jesse is playing is Jesse said, what do you think? Cody was like, I don't really try trust Dwight. And I've never really been able to get on the same page with him. And Jesse says, like, Dwight's not my first choice, but I'm not going to take away Cody's agency in this game. Getting rid of Dwight still weakens Noel, so it still accomplishes my goal in a way. Yeah. And it's a move for Cody. It allows Cody agency in this game, and you can't strip that from somebody. And that's so important. Dude, because I love if that. He, if Jesse would have said no, we're voting Noel, then that immediately causes a rift between Cody and Jesse because they're no longer working together. Jesse's telling him what to do. Exactly. I loved that moment. I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I wrote that in my notes as well. I loved what Jesse said in that moment and and how he he did. Like he he gave Cody, not gave him power, but he allowed Cody to have his power and have his word in that moment instead of overriding him and overpowering him. And, you know, just it was it's not something you see very often in, you know, Survivor, really any kind of game shows like this. And it yeah. was very refreshing to see. I just I loved it. And it just, again, added another layer to Jesse that I love about him. Yeah, Um I did like this next scene, though, when, you know, the knowledge of power information really starts spreading and all of a sudden everybody's like, let's fucking hide our idols with other people. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. It was so really quick. I just have to shout this out. Yeah. Alex from The Circle, Alex Brazard. He put up a video where he called it the Survivor White Elephant, and I fucking <laughs> <laughs> lost my shit. I was like, "Bro, that is so fucking accurate." The minute I saw it, because I read his post or I saw his video before I actually saw the episode, 
And I had read some other things, so I kind of knew something funky was going on. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, my God, that's so fucking accurate. <laughs> oh, it was so good. And, like, uh, 4, 4, and 4 became 6 and 6 real quick. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. did. <laughs> so I have and a question. Like, yeah. Yeah, did, go for it. Did everybody that have an idol switch to people that didn't have idols or did people that have an idol switch to someone else that or had a power you know because no, no they um, switched yeah they switched yeah they switched to people who didn't carla's the only one who didn't switch because no one actually knows about that carla has an idol uh, yeah because she did it completely by herself she didn't tell anyone and one of the things that we didn't see because it was in a secret fucking scene and i wish it was in the episode is carla went to the water well one of the mornings and ran into Gabler and they were talking and they were talking about um, Janine's idol um, and how it worked and how like, cause he said that they got the beads and she was like, Oh shit, really? And they was like, yeah. So like she collected these beads and he showed her like his little satchel of beads and said like, so she took one from each of us and like, that's what activated her idol. And she was like, man, she's like, Lindsay was getting me to help her get <gasps> beads from people. No. So, but she didn't play it because she got blindsided. So does that mean that her idol's like out of play? And Gabler's like, so she went out and she didn't, she was blindsided. And she's like, yeah. She's like, he's like, yeah. So that's probably dead then. Cause they're, they're not going to bring it back into with the beads. So she's just got jewelry. Oh my so she's God. basically talked her idol out of the game. That's gangster as shit, dude. I love. Yeah, Carla. That's, that's, that's interesting. Fucking brilliant. Like, man. how was that not in the episode? That was one of the coolest that things that I have seen there. where she knew that people were talking about the idols. She knew that people had learned how the idols worked and how people accumulated them. And they're going to be so curious. She shifted. So she shifted the narrative to still include herself, that she was still getting beads, but that Lindsay had asked her to help her collect beads and she didn't know what it was for. And it wasn't until now that she's starting to piece everything together. Fucking brilliant, dude. Oh, wow. I love this. That's great. So in this, as Alex said, white elephant, uh, mm-hmm. Janine gives her idol to well, Dwight. Cody right? gives his to Jesse. That's right. I forgot yeah. about that one. Then Janine gives hers to Dwight and Noel gives her advantage to Owen. Owen. Yeah. So I have a question and, and you might have said this before when they go and have I know it's like deliberation. I forget what it's tribal. 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 Is it how long is it? Is it really a couple hours that they're there yeah, having these conversations? Jeez, that's wild. I yeah. wonder how deep like some of these conversations go or if they just ask the same question to every single person and then kind of just play the best of what they get. I, th- I think they sort of let it ride and see where it goes. I do. I seem to recall. I think it was on Tyson's podcast. They were talking about how when you go in and you're getting mic'd up and everything, the produ- production asks you who you're at that point intending to vote for. Oh, okay. But you're like on your own with them. So like nobody else can hear you, what you're saying, mm-hmm. but they kind of ask who you're feeling like you're going to vote for going into tribal, which can sort of help Jeff direct questions and things like that. So if everybody <laughs> says I'm voting for Corey, then Whoa. he's going to kind of ask Corey a bit, a few more questions and like, Right. Yeah. It that way. While still, yeah. While still not like 
drawing attention to the fact yeah. that he's asking one person a bunch of questions. So that's what I was going to ask is when they pass the idols around, but technically in that vote, Dwight had an idol he could have used. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he had an idol. He just didn't know that the votes were coming his way at all. I mean, and to be honest, if I was on survivor and a guy was wearing a Saint shirt, I'd vote him out too. Oh my God. I, w- I wouldn't wear this because your clothes get messed up there. So I wouldn't. <laughs> I would um, wear because it's already trash. So <laughs> really quick, just just hopping back to the the Jeff and the line of questionings and stuff. I also presume that in a way it works similar to how like the challenge does where we've heard before that like if something happens in the how in the challenge house. The producers and stuff will like brief TJ the next morning on like whatever went on. And I presume something yeah. similar happens between production that's on set on the beach, you know, and camera crew and all that crap that, you know, if something big's going on or, you know, try idol changes like what happens because Jeff always knows who has what idol. I, I think I'm I'm assuming that he probably also gets like some sort of like a debriefing before they go into trial, yeah. plus the questions that they, you know, and so that helps him kind of figure out what he's going to talk to them about, you know, so. And like, to your point about Dwight, he absolutely did go in with an idol in his pocket. And the other thing too. That was not his. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that's in, well, technically it is now. Um, the thing that's interesting with Survivor is like, possession is 10 tenths of the law. Like, if you give somebody your idol, they now have your idol. Like, they don't have to give that back to you. That could be their idol now. Right. And yeah. once you've given it to them, you don't like it's not something like there's takesy backsies like it's up to the trust of that person that you gave it to that you're getting it back so dwight was sort of conflicted in that regard because it's also like it's it's janine's idol Mm -hmm. he still thinks that they might have the numbers because at that point he didn't know about cody and jesse Mm -hmm. so the con like he had said he wasn't used to baka time so like on Vessie he knew sort of what point in the day they call you for tribal, right? Cause when they, when you go to tribal, they lock down. So you can't talk to anybody about anything like productions heavily in there. And you just sort of like have to be quiet until you get to the next point. Yeah. So he was in the middle of having a conversation with Owen because he saw Sammy talking to, I think Cassidy and Carla and then went past him and was then talking to James or someone like that. And he's like, okay, well, Sammy's against me. Mm-hmm. and he started talking to Owen and he's like, we need to put all the votes on James. And then while they were in the middle of that conversation, production locked down. So he didn't get to finish that conversation. And then at tribal, he was trying to whisper to Janine and be like, vote James. Like we need to do this in order to, we can't do the split. And then they get told to stop whispering because it was like in the middle of like actual tribal, not necessarily standing up and whispering and everything else. Right. So Every like it was just bad luck. Like he couldn't get it, but he thought that those conversations were enough to sort of tip those scales so that it would be like five versus five versus the other two wherever they landed. Right. But what he didn't count well, the other two would be on Ryan in that situation because he was he would be able to get two more on James. Right. But of course, like what ended up happening is he didn't count on the fact that both Jesse and Cody flipped on him. So in the end, it wouldn't have mattered anyway, even if Owen and Janine did vote the right way. They didn't have the numbers. Yeah. Cody, or sorry, Sammy has actually been with them for one week longer 
because Sammy was the only one from Baca that voted against Ellie. Right. Other than Gabler. Yeah. But like he voted with this crew against Ellie and then voted with this crew against Dwight. And my assumption is that this is the seven that's referenced in, I know we jumped around a little bit, but this is the seven that's referenced in the next week on. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking which too. Would, which would be your four members of Coco, Jesse, Cody, and Sammy. Yep. Yep. The rest are the rest. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it, it, it makes sense. And I think that that's definitely the way that it's going. And I, you know, like kind of jumping back to the tribal, I found it really interesting. Like Jeff was asking about like, you know, the Vessi and Baca versus Coco Tribe Alliance, you know, and Dwight like jumped in and immediately shut that down. And he's like, no, yeah. we're not playing for tribes anymore. Everybody's let go of those. We don't have the old tribe mind. Like everybody's playing for themselves at this point. And it's like, first of all, that's bullshit, Dwight. Okay. <laughs> no, ain't no single person out here just playing for themselves. Everybody's got alliances. And whether it's with your tribe or you jump tribe lines, whatever the situation is, <laughs> that's just not what it is. Okay. But I did find that interesting because you do kind of see like, it's not really as much as they're trying to paint this whole Vessi and Baca versus Coco tribe thing. It's not really that anymore. And a lot of, no. you know, like the Vessi players are jumping, jumping out of that situation and onto the other side. And, so I think that that's really going to spice things up too moving forward. And, um, you know, obviously Dwight gets, uh, you know, gets his torch snuffed. He uh, is eliminated in this episode and he walks out that door with Janine's idol in his pocket. <laughs> and I'm just looking at her face as she's yes. watching him walk out. And I'm just like, dude, her whole she is. I, I couldn't Shook. even imagine. I couldn't Shook. even imagine being her in that moment. Oh my god, I would be so upset and angry and just like everything all at one time. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, if her idol goes out, it means that an idol in theory should come back into play um to be found. Yeah. It's also kind of a good thing that she doesn't have an idol anymore because that takes that target off of her of yeah. having an idol especially where she's now going to potentially find herself in the smaller alliance out of the two. Mm -hmm. But it was, I was not expecting Dwight to go I when either. I watched it back the second time I was able to pick up like a couple more pieces, but really like the whole conversation was like Ryan or James, Ryan or James. Yeah. And then there were a couple throwaway comments that were like, maybe Dwight, but probably Ryan or James. Yep. And it wasn't until the vote started coming through that I was like, oh, shit, like Dwight's going home. Yeah. 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 And he's a good player. He like, is. Yeah. He just got played. He Exactly. He got got. And that's, you know, that's the way Survivor goes. And it's just it's crazy. And now I'm I'm curious to see what hap what's going to happen with all these uh, these idol swaps. This, you know, this Survivor white elephant gifting. Um, <laughs> I wonder if. All of those idols are going to be returned back to their original owners or if we're going to have some some messiness there. But I feel like I feel like that would like honestly like be worse if you didn't give it back, especially if you're yeah. like wrapped up in especially that bigger alliance like the seven or anything like that, because it's just going to it's going to look really fucking bad on you and they're going to blindside you. And if you 
use your idol this week. They're going to fucking get your ass next week. Like, you know, so I, I think all the idols will be returned, but I think it would be really interesting if maybe like one of them wasn't and we just got to like watch that blow up. <laughs> the only way that that would happen would be if Owen didn't give Noelle back her steal about because you yeah. know that Jesse's giving Cody back his idol. Yeah, exactly. And he uh, apparently when they got back from the merge feast, like last week's episode, yeah. Cody told Noelle and Jesse and Dwight that he had the idol. No. Wow. Wow. So because some uh, Jeff had asked if when Dwight was given the idol of Janine's and was able to look at it, did he realize that they were all beads from the bags? And then did you then realize that Cody had the idol? And he's like, no, like Cody told us we had, he had the idol like right. really early on um, from as soon as we get back from the merge feast. <laughs> but apparently when they got back to camp after that, Dwight looked at all the bags and one of them had like the rest of the beads on it um, that mm. I kind of weren't used. And he just like sat on it and was just like right by the bag the whole time. He's like, I can't let anybody else get these beads. And Jesse was like, dude, like all of them are spoken for. It's, you're yeah, you're good, dude. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That part of it's over, um, bro. Too late. But I was confused as to like why Dwight. Like why Dwight was the one that Coco focused on when you've got like all of these other people and Dwight sort of not blames, but Dwight has said that Cody did not help that situation yeah, because yeah. on Vessi, Cody always called Dwight the strategist and a couple of times like to his face and just said like, you're way better at this than me. Like you're the strategist of the group sort of thing. And then when he went to Coco on that raid, he, of course, said Dwight's the mastermind on our tribe, Yeah, which put the seed in Coco's head so that when they all hit the beach, Dwight was their target, um, which was funny because Dwight was like, that is exactly why I did not want Cody to go, because I didn't know what he was going to say. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. But that like it's something it's just that simple. Like all it takes is something that you can pin something on someone. Yep. And then. It's a done deal. You're just going to keep going for that person. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Yeah, 100%. All right. I mean, that's that's pretty much it for uh, for episode seven. Did we want to run through episode MVPs really quick? Sure thing. Um, do you want to start? Um, yeah, sure. I could I could start. <laughs> I'll go first, actually. I'll do go first. It. Get it. You know, for me, it's I'm going to give it to Gabler. What he did in that immunity challenge was yeah. super impressive. I want to go ahead and give a, a, you know, an honorable mention, though, just because I love him, Jesse and Carla. So there we go. I like that. I like that. I'm also giving my MVP to Gabler for that incredible immunity challenge win. And then I'm also going to give like a co MVP to especially now after hearing that story, I'm going to give a co MVP to um, Carla because that was a gangster boss ass savage move and they should have had that in the episode so she deserves some kind of recognition for that and then as an honorable mention i'm going to give a shout out to noelle because that girl fought with everything that she has for this challenge and even though she wasn't able to get it done i still think it was incredibly impressive what she was able to pull off and i'm i'm here for her i i i like her a lot i like her fight i like her determination i like her heart and her no quit like she did not stop twisting and turning in that net until all four of those teams had been, you know, all four of those spots had been filled 
And, you know, that part of the race was over, um, you know, so I, I really respect her for that. I agree. Um, I also shockingly had Gabler as the MVP <laughs> yeah. um, for pretty much everything that we have just kind of gone over and also co-MVPs of Jesse and Carla. Carla for the scene we didn't even get to see, Yeah, uh, but also for them identifying how big of a threat Noelle is just based on how she was maneuvering around the group and being able to make that plan and follow through with Dwight, get two members of his own tribe on board and basically putting themselves in the minority. If people did still try to ghost tribe line strong. Right. But yeah. And I mean, I would also just like to point out that on the know-it-alls this week, um, Stephen gave his not his his basically like if I were to shoot my shot right now, my final my guess at the final three would be and then proceeded to say Jesse, Carla, Janine. And I was like, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> my entire fantasy team. I like it. I, I don't see Janine making it. I can see her being presumably taken, but then having a pretty good story. She's starting to get an Erica edit, and I've mm. started to notice that doing confessionals. Mm. Yeah, I just feel like I don't see Jesse and Carla keeping her around. I feel like they're... I agree, but she might like idle her way there or challenge her way there. Like I can see, I can see a path forward. Um, I'm expecting, I'm expecting Carla or Jesse to get there. I don't know if both get there. I don't know if they sort of get to a point where they know that one can't beat the other. It'll be interesting. Yeah. It will be, yeah. It's good. It's going to yeah. be interesting. Yeah. So, uh, well, Corey's got to do his MVPs. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Calm Sorry. down. Sorry. I was, I, I wanted to know about fantasy. I haven't heard it in a while. I give my MVP to a uh, Gabler as well, but it's not just because of this episode. It's just, I, what was it? Day three that he looked like he was fizzling out. And like he was going to struggle to make it. And he gets to this super endurance challenge and he makes it through. And um, yeah. yeah, I have an um, honorable mention as well to Noel, but uh, honorable, honorable mention to Sammy for just immediately like, hey, like just he yeah. consoled her. Yeah, just right away, yeah. like no hesitation. Just like, hey. I care about you, you know, like that's, it is what it is. And yeah. Yeah. So. It's beautiful. Yeah. I did really like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, well let's, uh, let fantasy. Tony, yeah. Let's let Tony update us on fantasy. Cool. So, uh, just to kind of get everybody back up to date week, six totals were Corey with one forty five, Rick and I tied at one Oh six and Karina with 83. This week was a lot lower in everybody's points because last week we kind of got bumped up by half of the people on the show getting individual immunity. So Corey, you've got eight points for confessionals, three from Gabler, three from Owen, two from Cody and none from Cassidy. Despite the fact that Coco was in the majority, I think that James was the only one who had any confessionals from their tribe. Yeah. Carla did not. Cassidy did not. And Ryan did not. Yeah. Gabler won immunity. He gets five points. And then uh, you had two votes for the person who went out for 17 points total. Rick, uh, Sammy, and Dwight each got four points. Um, you got two points for having a vote for the eliminated player. 
you did also get two points for uh, getting an advantage in Janine's idol, even though Dwight walked out the door with it. And also, Corey, you got two points for Owen getting Noel's steal about. So you got 19 points rather than 17. That gives you a total of eight for this round. I got eight, eight total points. Yeah, because you got two points from Sammy for confessionals, two points from Dwight for confessionals. Sammy voted for Dwight oh, for okay, two okay. points. Yeah, and then you. you got your advantage for two points. I did the math wrong. When you said four, <laughs> I thought four and four together, not two and two, no, two sorry. equal four. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 you're good. <laughs> and then uh, Karina, you got two points from James for confessionals, two points from Noel for confessionals for a total of four points. James got an advantage for two points. And then both of them voted, or sorry, two of them voted for the eliminated player of Dwight for four points for a total of 10. I get three points for Janine, two points for Jesse, no points for Carla. Um, Although I should get points for her being super smart, but that doesn't have (laughs) any shot in the draft. Um, And then I got four points for the eliminated players voting. And then I also got uh, two points for Jesse having Cody's idol, which means that there's a little bit of movement in the rankings. Not a lot. Corey, you moved up to 164. I moved out to 117. Rick has 114. And Karina is 93. Ooh, la, la, la. <laughs> Wait. So, so Janine's idol left with Dwight. Yeah. Like yeah. Holy shit. He couldn't give it back on the, he couldn't give it back. Nope. Like on, nope. No. No. Nope. Once the votes, once the votes start, you can't pass idols around. Yeah. Damn. He should have dropped yep. that motherfucker on the ground before they started fucking doing votes. Just dropped it. Right. He thought he was safe, man. Like he thought that they were not going to like he thought that they had the votes. Yeah. Now, Dwight is also very unfortunately not part of the jury. Um he is the last person out who is not part of the jury, which means that even though going forward Will somebody will be losing a person every episode? We will also be gaining five points every episode for them making jury. Nice, nice. So that's this is our way to edge out Corey, who doesn't seem to be losing anybody, um, <laughs> right? Just by getting points for people being eliminated. It depends what fantasy you're looking at, because in the challenge, <laughs> yeah, I'm down there. <laughs> Corey had to get some. His football team's losing. His challenge oh team's God. losing. Uh, so dude, we're better than the Panthers. <laughs> You guys are better than the Panthers. You know they I did us. see. Well, side note: I did see they put in uh, fucking Baker Mayfield at defensive end in practice, so that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, yeah. make sure to check in on our Instagram so you can see the visual representation of our fantasy points um, with photos with what, what? Uh, the the people that have been eliminated as shaded out in gray, as well as the points of everybody's team. Yep. Also, if you're not fucking following us on Instagram, what are you really doing? You're missing out on yeah. some shit, man. You're Karina missing out does on some, some shit. Karina does creative videos, custom videos. Rick makes funny ass memes that we only post on our IG because we forget to post them in Facebook groups. <laughs> Till they're not relevant. Yeah. As well as, you know, I know it's it, it means a lot to us and it probably doesn't take you guys too long to do. But if you go ahead and hit like subscribe or follow uh, to our podcast if you're not already that way you get notifications for new episodes yeah it's a little thing for you to do but like i said it means a lot to us 
And if you feel so inclined to leave us a five-star review, we would be forever indebted. And we would love you. We'll promise to keep making moderate (laughs) content for you to listen to. So it's the least we can do. Yeah. The bare minimum. And we uh, like, we get interviews with CT that most people don't get. So yeah, like nobody in your face. (laughs) What? No. um, With that, go ahead. Really quick. Before we close all the way out. I know that we've done this to you guys like three weeks in a row now, but yes, the TJ Lavin fans give back charity project with TJ is coming. We thought that we had everything set up last week. We got the store done. We got the designs done. We got all kinds of different products from like tote bags to coffee mugs to shirts and hoodies and just all kinds of stuff. But then we had an issue with the bank and we had to fix that in order to be able to process the transactions and do all of that. So please excuse us. We are very new and we're just kind of fumbling our way through this, just like we did when we started the podcast. We're going to, you know, full transparency and we're going to fumble our way through the online store right here with you guys. So just be patient with us. We are going to get this up. I am hoping that we will be able to start the charity project next week. So just we will keep you updated. Follow us on Instagram for updates on that. As soon as the store goes live, we are going to be putting it everywhere. We want to try to make this one even bigger and better than last year. And we did pretty damn good last year. So uh, but I think we can do better this year. So keep an eye out for that stuff. And with that being said, um, this will be a design that you can't get anywhere else but through us, because at the end of the day, it's not just typeset you and, actually have to have a design to do this and one, it's so. limited edition it will not be available forever it will be available for a short period of time we we haven't decided exactly what that time period is but it'll probably be like four to six weeks that it's going to be up on the store and if you don't get it we're taking it down uh once the charity project is over the shirt and th- this whole design will go off of the site and we will have new designs up But this specific design will not be available again. This is strictly for the charity. So get it while you can. And uh, Oh, and it's TJ approved. Yeah, the shirt's TJ fucking approved. He saw the design and was like, wow, that's fucking sick. Like, we got the fucking sick with the little, you know, his hand thing that he does. I know you guys can't see me doing it right now. Uh, (laughs) It's the equivalent of him saying, thank you so much. I'm sure we'll see you You, again here soon. You killed it. You killed it. It's the you killed it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Corey. Uh, I just wanted to say, you know, one day is hard, one month is hard, and I just saw it on Instagram again. So shout out to Paula Walnut for nine yes. years sober. Yes. Yes. Kudos to her. Nine yeah. years, right? Sobriety looks yep. phenomenal on Dude, her. Dude, so yep. happy for her. Paula is amazing. If you guys get a chance to reach out and send her some love, definitely do that. Um, you know, she's she's very open and receptive and loving to the challenge fans. She's, you know, definitely made it clear that it's not a world she wants to step back into. And we do respect that, but she is so sweet and she's so responsive and she definitely deserves the love and recognition for this. So uh, go send, go send Paula some love on Instagram. She remains one of my favorite female challengers of all time. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for us tonight. Yeah. So, as always, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. We truly do appreciate you listening to us ramble for a few hours talking <laughs> about our favorite reality TV shows. <laughs> Hopefully you've enjoyed it. We know we've enjoyed talking about it. So for myself, Ricky Hayes, my beautiful wife, Karina Hayes, 
Corey, the Raging Cajun, Viator, and Tony Stats and fucking Info Lance. <laughs> we want to thank you guys once again so much. If you get a chance, rate us five stars. If not, we're inclined to think you're a hater. Thank you, Bomani Jones. Otherwise, guys, have a good night, great day, wherever it is, and be good to each other. Love y'all. Later. Deuce, deuce. Bye.